make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath them. And Love is a I am your host, Space Orphan 18. Today we've reached the end of season five, which is tragic, but you know, it's an awesome episode. And I've got awesome people here with me to survive this with me. So I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Lauren, and I'm somewhere in the eye no, on Tumblr. Hi, I'm Izzy, and I'm the dork mark on Tumblr. Hi, I'm Mel, and I'm 47 Mel 47 on Tumblr. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that you guys are back, and the fact that you guys don't mind me lumping you together again, because I'm so entertained by all of the Australians, because you're amazing people, and I love you. It's, anyway. easier to, it's easy to schedule when you That's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys like each other because you're going to do this more often. No. <laughs> Those guys again. <laughs> we just hung out like all night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we are doing Untitled Rachel Berry Project, which I always have to abbreviate because it's way too long of a title. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So here we go. Um, we open up. And we're in the Bushwick apartment, and everybody is getting ready for their Monday meal that they've been doing this entire arc. Um, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've only seen it, like, three times, but, you know. Or maybe hey, that's, more... better, that's better than never. That's true. I just wish there was a whole, like, another season more of, like, just this. We could have had a bottle episode where all they did was, like... Eat lunch, um, eat dinner, and I would have been like fine with that. <laughs> I love bottle episodes. Yeah, <laughs> make really interesting kind of explorations of psychology within the characters and stuff, which is really cool. That's awesome. Could you imagine if they had done like a friend? You know how like the friends had that episode where like they are all going out to dinner and they were all getting ready and they're just in the apartment and making jokes and whatever like that. They needed one like that was just in the loft. Yeah, that would have. Yeah. I like. I would have. <laughs> I said I would have watched a whole season of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think 
But I think fandom, fandom made it very clear that they wanted like a Glee spinoff that was basically Friends, and Ryan Murphy was like, nope. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so they're waiting for um the writer of the show that rachel has been um <laughs> what's even the word she is the, the like producer guys like hey we're gonna write our show around you we're sending you a writer which is kind of weird but okay well so i and, said is, is it normal to send a writer to hang out with <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> I really have no idea. I mean, maybe if you're like, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld and like, you know, hey, we're going to send a writer to, you know, work with you. But I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. So who knows? Sure. We'll say sure. Um, Well, I mean, Glee's got everything else completely right in terms of like how Broadway works and how college works. So I can only imagine that this is also the case. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, and then, you know, because I like how they're all in their own little worlds because Mercedes and Sam are talking about, you know, Sam can't eat because he's getting ready for his big modeling edition. A treasure trail. Treasure (laughs) trail. Can I just say that I appreciate that the opening shot or one of the opening shots of the episode is her like offering him something to eat. And it's a very small thing, but it did look a little phallic shaped. And I was like, really guys? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Like, I didn't even notice that. (laughs) Of course, of course I noticed that. But like, I was like, (laughs) What are we? Tra- what are we trying to say here? No. Oh my goodness! Um, and I also like that Kurt's like nobody else can come to our Monday like donors. Like, why is he so like? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want anybody new in this town. But you know, if she is new uh, or like if she she is going to be watching Rachel, might as well hit her up and try and get her to write a show about us too. Okay, come to the show. Yeah, let's get her to come to the showcase. <laughs> Yeah, she. I've never. She does it, does she? She doesn't go no, to the showcase. She does it. I don't even. It feels like a line that's supposed to set up something, and it doesn't have any payoff. So well, why? Thing, or, or is it just yeah. to remind us that? Because like Blaine's face is like, oh shit, and it, <laughs> is it just to remind us that? Oh yeah, Blaine's but he's digging himself, or he's dug himself. Oh no, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. true. Oh yeah, Kurt doesn't know. <laughs> just oh. reminding us as viewers in case we forgot since the previous couple of episodes yeah, yeah but, no, but it's in the but in the start of the episode it, it, you know how it does the brief like the here's what you missed that's in the here's what you missed so like i don't understand we've been reminded <laughs> well maybe you were trying to get your pre-glee snacks and totally didn't <laughs> no, watch yeah. that and you haven't been watching for like a year and so. you missed the here's you missed <laughs> <laughs> you've missed you basically missed the best arc in in like the whole show but here have this <laughs> Oh, Glee. Oh, man. Um, You know, at this point, only the fans were watching anyway. They were down to, like, only about a million viewers or something like that. So, like, it's not like everybody was watching this either. So, Well, this is something that I I did want to bring up at some point. Because I can't remember exactly when the show got renewed for season six. But I feel like there was a lot of people talking about how this could have acted as a series finale if, like, it had to. And um, that just reminded me of that. Well, renewed at the same time, weren't they? Didn't they get? They were. Um, I was talking to Sladiest about this actually, and she's mentioned to me that back in season four, season five and six were renewed for for the final two seasons. And Ryan Murphy said, "I wanted two more seasons." And then um, the guy that did the renewal for them, that worked for Fox, got fired. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, something happened. yeah, and so they were a little bit unsure 
of how they wanted to go forward. And Ryan Murphy made a deal with them saying, you know, I'm still going to do season six, but we'll, we'll cut it down to 13 episodes instead of a full yeah. thing. And so the network said, okay. And that's how they did it. Now, I don't know the timeline of that. Um, I think that they would have, personally, I just think they would have changed things up a little bit if they hadn't known for sure if they were coming back. I think it would have been a little bit more final than what we got here. But I do yeah. think this makes for a decent ending. Except for the last song. The ending, last song is not an end. Whatever. We'll get to that. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a while, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an episode. It's the best season finale we get. I but agree. it would work as a series finale. Mm-hmm. That's because that's yeah. because it's not. I mean, not all of the series finales were necessarily competition episodes. But like, if you think back on all the other yeah. finales, mm-hmm. they're all like they're all like saying yeah. goodbye. And this is not a saying goodbye. This is like everybody's leaving, but it's not goodbye no. type of scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's but kind it, of going, it, but it does what a season series finale does in that everybody's going in their own directions and moving on from where they were. Yeah. Would so. you say they're going in a new direction? I'm, I'm trying to avoid <laughs> saying that because I feel like I've been saying that. Like, <laughs> you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'll let somebody else say that. Oh, you're um, welcome. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah. So they're expecting the, the writer when they get a knock on the door. And it's not the new writer. It is Brittany. <laughs> and I have so many questions. So because many questions. Cut out of the yeah, because Nia's not here. <laughs> <laughs> like the explanation makes no sense. Why would? Because Santana comes back. She doesn't seem to even notice or seem to care that Brittany's not there, or locked in this, you know, airport for a year. <laughs> and, and so. Brittany comes back and she's like, Santana's not here. Where's Santana? Why would she not know where? Well, I guess she does say about her phone. She broke up with her phone. She broke up um, with Kiki. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> can I just say that that line where it's like, you know, that Tom Hanks in that movie and Sam's like Castaway. I really okay. <laughs> maybe maybe it's because we did just watch a lot of season four. I really do like Brittany and Sam. I like how they like vibe on the same wavelength because I laughed way too hard at that line. Oh, it was, I, it's so funny. I love that it's really just hilarious, but makes no sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason why Brittany and Santana would not know like, yeah. <laughs> where the other one is, especially if they're, you know, in three episodes going to get married to each other. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing is that obviously, um, uh, like they have to take a moment to explain why she's not there, yeah. and it's like the entire world knew why. Well, the world that was watching the show knew why she wasn't there. Well, for the five people that may not know, um, <laughs> Naya and Leah were fighting, and Naya got faux fired for an episode, um, and uh, she wasn't. Where she was written out of this, which makes me wonder what her part would have been if she yeah, had it. Well, apparently she even like actually recorded songs and filmed. Yeah, them. and she'd film stuff too. Yeah, I remember hearing like she had like like parts of Pompeii, like they had her harmonies mm-hmm. and her like lines and stuff. Yeah, so she was in it, and then they wrote her out of it. Um, and then they'd say that she is shooting a Usic stats commercial <laughs> in Iowa because there's corn there, wheat fields, or something. wheat fields, <laughs> wheat fields. Run slow motion run through. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's the best. I love it. Okay. So yeah. So she's back. Why did, she, did Brittany say why she was there? Um, I maybe did I write it down? 
I don't think. I can't remember, and I'm sorry. I didn't mm. I think, wasn't her reason that she was there to see Santana? That was like she. Oh, maybe. See Santana, and it was like, well, she's not here. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't can see Britney it's just Britney. Kind she of up. showing up. Yeah, well, she just show, yeah. I literally don't think they explain it. She just shows up. Does anybody else, you know, have any kind of concern about Britney and what she's going to do with the rest of her life? Because they make no, like, in the episodes in season six either, they make no like conversation about what she's going to do with the rest of her life. I just, I'm not concerned because I just feel like with Britney, whatever she ends up doing, she'll be happy. Well, that's true. And, yeah. and she'll enjoy it. And, I agree. And she'll make the people around her happy. And I feel like she'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she kind of rides her unicorn wave and the world shine, you know, the world shine down, shines down upon her and she's fine. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be real, let's be real, that, that part of fandom only cared that she got married to Santana in the end anyway. Oh, that's true. I mean, no disrespect to the five Britannia fans who are listening to this. I don't even, I have no idea if any Britannia fans listen to this. Probably not. But, so. All right. So, then we get um, the actual writer who steps in. Her name is Mary Holleran, uh, played by the hilarious Kristen Schaal. Um, and she's weird. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, I love I love Christian Shaw because I love Bob's Burgers. But before this, I, I have a vivid memory of, like, a, a friend of my sister sitting me down and being like, watch this skit. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's the Christian Shaw is a horse skit. No. And it's literally just her and this guy, like, saying Christian Shaw is a horse over and over again. And it's, well, depending on who you ask, it's hilarious. And then, like, <laughs> I, I feel like... Like, obviously, this show had a, a weird, some weird stuff going on with Britney, but I even thought that the weirdness that she brought as this character was, like, too weird for this show. I, there's some of it I, I like, have, like, a note about, like, a little headcanon I've got for this character, which I'll mention oh, later. It makes it yeah. work. Um, I was just going to say, I'll just, I'll leave it until the scene comes up where it really hit me. Okay. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> if um, it's, 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 she's super, like, it's super weird, but... I kind of feel like it was, I found it hilarious. Like just not so like her, in, not so much her interactions necessarily with Rachel, but the interactions with all the other characters. Yeah. Um, mostly this opening scene. I don't like just because like she talks a lot about diarrhea and that grosses me yeah. out. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, the rest of it, I do think is pretty funny, but she, yeah, yeah. that's just my two cents. Um, yeah. Well, kind of like, well obviously, I mean, we talk a lot about how like, you know, uh, especially in early, early parts of this season where Elliot's around and he's like the straight man in their group. It's like suddenly yeah. they've met somebody who's forcing them to be like the straight man and yeah. weirding them out. <laughs> That's a good, I like yeah. that. I've never really thought of that before. I like that. Man, could you imagine if Elliot met this writer? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would walk into the apartment, watch her talking and then walk back out again. <laughs> oh man i also have a theory remind me to say it later about why uh kurt is certain why cert is so pissy during this like so i have a theory but anyway so okay so yeah she comes in she's basically super weird um and she calls rachel randy for I mean, <laughs> sure and then she has to go puke or diarrhea or whatever it is. She's, it's yeah. the smell of chinese gives her lady dies Oh, and, then I watched, <laughs> then I watched it, I, and I 
I want us to go back, but I forgot. Like when I saw them putting food on the table, it didn't look like Chinese food. Maybe that was just me. No, well, maybe I was the was the phallic thing that Mercedes was trying to feed. <laughs> Might have been like an egg roll. Or an egg yeah, roll. Maybe, yeah. I think about it. <laughs> There's my next poll. Um, <laughs> so, oh. She also talks about she has she diagnosed her narcissism. She's diagnosed with narcissism by her Tuesday Thursday shrink. I don't know. I wonder if she's supposed she has- to be like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say she has an OB and like she got a grant, like some sort of like grant for like yeah. writing. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. Where, what is she? Oh, is she supposed to be though? Cause when she gets into like the next scenes with, with just Rachel, she's just going on about her. Oh yeah. Sorry. That's the next part. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah well, but, I mean, we're over there. What but, kind of right? Yeah. Who is she, is she supposed, supposed to be? be? I was thinking it was, she was supposed to be Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. Yeah. Oh, I read oh, some, sorry. I read some stuff in some sort of, I was going through some reviews and it was like, is she meant to be? Lena Dunham. Yeah. I think now, I've, been- I've never seen girls. So, and I've never really followed anything that Lena Dunham has ever done. So I don't know, but. I've only, uh, I've only ever watched like the first season, but I can, now that you pointed it out to me, Lena Dunham, I don't think was ever like that level of, of weird, but I can kind of get yeah. the same vibe. I think but it's a, par- yeah, but it's a parody character. Yeah. 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 Well, so. I guess I'll bring up kind of my theory on this character now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> made me think that she might be like a person in Rachel's past that Rachel really jilted and now she's come to like sabotage her. Like, <laughs> 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 what specifically though made you think that? Like what, which scene? Um, the next scene she has with Rachel when she's like, tell me about your life. And it's like, she feels disgusted at having to ask. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, <laughs> I mean, well, it's hard to think about. Maybe it she really was like is. a. Uh, she, well, I guess that doesn't. Niata wouldn't really have writers, would it? I don't know. No, it's a school. No, it'd have to be like somebody back from when, like Rachel was like a three-year-old tap dancer. Oh, <laughs> oh that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Well, I mean, she thinks uh, this was, I felt, felt this line was quite meta, um, but she, I can't remember if it was this scene or the next one because it's all kind of written in the same, I didn't put a break in my notes, um, but she mentions how she's in the high school glee club and like this, um, the writers literally like, that's like irrelevant. And I was like, that kind of vibes with somewhat with a, a headcanon that she doesn't like Rachel and knew her before, or maybe like saw her performing glee club was like, I don't like this person. Um, I feel like there are parts of fandom that might vibe with that. Um, but also, like, that felt like a very meta, like, especially given the show had moved completely away from the Glee Club part of it and it was going to move back to it in, like, the next <laughs> half second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Could be. I never really thought of it, but yeah. Uh, or maybe it was just something, like, the writers were commenting on when, like, they first pitched the idea and people were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually probably true. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, like I like it. She's like, I have two gay dads, and she's like, that I can use. Are they? Do they work from NASA? She's like, no. <laughs> but we never do find out what they do work at. They obviously have a lot of money because they can keep sending Rachel to the school and pay her eighteen hundred dollar a month rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What well, do you earn a lot of money working for NASA? Like, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> who knows? Um, so yeah. And, um, yeah. it looks, I, I'm reading my notes and it said, um, she, she is, she won her award for the reproduction of Anne Frank diaries from the point of view of a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Being terrorized by the vacuum. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> oh, is that how, okay. I'll I just have weird. one other note about that first scene. Because I see they gif everyone on Tumblr. And that Blaine looks really cute and snuggly in that mint cardigan. He does. <laughs> anyway. He's, he's, also, he's also not wearing a bow tie. I decided to take note of the scenes in which he is and is not wearing a bow tie in this episode. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> That's no, that's I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, I never, I I'm bad with the clothing, clothing meta, and I always rely on Starkey to like come in. But anybody else, feel free. I don't ever. Well, yeah, I will say the other thing that I noticed, and that more had to do with Rachel, is that she's in a lot of muted colors in this episode. Like, she's almost exclusively in gray. And I don't know what that means, but it means something. It's a storm is coming. That's what it means. Well, yep, yep. Don't say yes to this dumb show. The weird yeah. thing is, the weird thing is, right, and I suppose I'm getting ahead of myself because obviously things, the, the writer writes something and then it changes. I went and watched, obviously I watched season six. I watched the episode. It looks now, it looks much more like whatever this writer is about to write now than what she writes at the end, but we'll get yeah. to that, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah, so. But in terms of what you said about Rachel, she's in like the greys and the blacks for most of this New York arc. True. It's true. But she usually has like a pop of color somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like thinking like with the morning maybe. Yeah, yeah. say in morning. Yeah, it could be. Um, she's definitely wearing black at the end when she yeah. takes a minute and looks up. So yeah, like and looks at directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. <laughs> Did so you see if you compare that to what she wears in season six and if there's more color. It's definitely there is more like, color. Like, there is more, but even still, she's wearing. She still does wear quite a lot of like muted colors, but it's more like there are more pops of color. Like the shirt will be bright, I think. Yeah. But but I think it's more. She, you know, she had that makeover in early season four, and she never really reverted back to. Even though like naked happened, and she was like, I'm gonna throw out this like, you know, new look. But she never really goes back to what she was in high school. So. Trust, trust me, we discussed this not at length, but it came up when we were watching season four. Um, she lays, I think she she lays off the smoky eyes. Yeah, that's what yes. it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh man, and and, and the, the hair becomes less. Yes, she's done. I I was I'm of the opinion that she was wearing like some form of hair extensions during that time, but then we had an argument about the fact that her hair maybe not. But I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all right, be real. <laughs> on to Mercedes and her mall tour. And I have, I do have a piece of clothing meta with this because Kurt is in the audience for this, okay? And he is wearing the same shirt that he's going to go <laughs> and talk to Blaine about. And he brings Blaine lunch, okay? In this white shirt. And he's wearing, so is this mall tour happening in the morning? Is it like nine in the morning and they're having this mall tour? <laughs> Blaine's also wearing the same outfit. Is Blaine in, in it? Yeah, he's in, in the, the audience, being cute. Oh, it's been yeah, a long time since I've actually sat and watched this particular <laughs> performance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out how I found it really interesting that, you know, she's talking about a nationwide tour of shopping malls. Isn't that legitimately how, like, Glee started? They all went on, like, a bunch yes. of mall tours? They did. 
They absolutely did. It was also a very 80s thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I wonder, they don't, we don't really have that. I don't, like, American people come down and do to, more, more, more tours. Yeah. Oh. It's not a, yeah, it's not a thing that, like, no. yeah, it doesn't sound so, right in our accent. <laughs> Mall. It's a shopping center. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, shopping me center. and my my Midwestern mall. Um, <laughs> the the t- I, okay, I'm not going to say I understand it either, but I lived through it, so it feels quote unquote normal to me. Um, yeah. So for whatever reason, malls were are places that like why don't why do we all we all wanted to go to the mall? I don't know why. I don't know why it was a big thing. Now that I'm older and I work at a freaking mall, I'm like, why does anybody come here? But like, yeah, so they would get these pop stars and do tours <laughs> and it'd all be it would not be in the stadium. You would go to the mall and they'd sing in the middle of the mall and you would just get in a big crowd and listen to somebody sing in a mall. I don't get it. I don't yeah. know. Is, is anyone mall? else singing Robin Sparkles? Let's go to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's exactly what I'm doing. Channeling that, yeah. <laughs> like reality TV show, like the reality, like the Australian Idol and all those ones will do like the gigs in like shopping centers and stuff like that. But it's not really, it it's more then. the Americans coming over and doing performances. Yeah. I mean, that being Maybe. said, like when you're teenagers, you still like want to go like, oh, we'll go hang out. We'll go to Southland for the day and we'll hang out. You know, we'll go to the shopping center for the day and hang out. It's a thing here. Yeah, but it's not really get the musician <laughs> to like come along like, I, I guess part of it is because we didn't never really had malls big enough maybe because like yeah. you've oh. mentioned southland i'll mention chadston but i can't think of any in between that are like big enough to warrant something like this happening you guys probably would have been too young to remember when hanson did a gig at southland <laughs> and it was freaking <laughs> insane and i was forever devastated that i could not i was in grade six that I could not go. <laughs> I was taken, that was 12, 12 years old. I was t- 11 or 12 taken. We had to go to my grandparents in Shepherd <laughs> and I never forgave my mother for that. That I could go to Hanson in the car park at Southland. Well, didn't the, the Glee cast came to Australia and they actually they did. did like a mall tour in inverted commas. They did sure. because. I remember there was an interview where they made, well, everybody was making Chris do this at the time, but um, they made Chris do the singles ladies dance. And then they taught, they had Chris teach everybody on staff to do it. And Chris was like, why am I doing this? Why is this my life? (laughs) Um, Oh, honey. Oh, honey. You got a big storm coming. Oh yeah, I mean, if you want some nostalgia, go watch those early season one like <laughs> interviews <laughs> where they're all just so young. And there's this one picture. It was in a mall. There was in a mall. There's this interview, and it's and like they were introducing people, and they were like the heartthrobs, and they send out Finn and Puck or Corey and Mark. And it's just so it's kind of like oh, okay, and like. I don't remember. And then everybody else got like some kind of, I don't know, like label on them. Like this is an Artie is the geeky one. And then Kevin would go up there and like, uh, and here are the mean girls. They like, you know, Naya and you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and they oh, didn't have anything God. for, they didn't have anything yet for, they couldn't really say the gay one. No, they say. didn't. I mean, and this is, and Chris would always be like last. Like, and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and he would always hide behind Amber and like, oh. <laughs> and then he grew too tall to hide behind 
And then he became one of the main characters. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so anyway, back to the, the actual... You got disgusted. <laughs> that never happens. Um, so, yeah, this song that they do, Shake In My Head, that was that's an original song, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm really mad that they cut the, the Why Do Sunflowers Look Like Vaginas line from the episode. <laughs> Although all of the songs, all the questions that she asks in that song are valid questions. Like, why do Republicans hate the blacks? Why does gravy give you heart attacks? How come Jesus looks like a white guy when he comes from Palestine? (laughs) Valid questions. I love it. Well, wasn't, did, no, did Amber write this or was it? It sounds like a Brad Falchuk song because he wrote like all of the ones from original song. Okay. Like. He was, he was the one that was like, as soon as I rhymed Wheaties with diabetes, I was there. And I could hear the same thought <laughs> process with flout, like the vagina's line. So, yeah. And then, who, like, who did um, write this? What is, did Brad Falchuk write this? I don't remember who wrote this episode. I actually don't remember who wrote this. Oh, I should have looked it up. I'm such a bad host. Hang on. I'll look it up now. Hang on. Um, you, yeah. yeah. But some of the lines that were cut, um, why are dogs always licking their nads? <laughs> is that really? <laughs> yeah. Why do we keep borrowing from China? Um, it's just yeah. okay. I've looked it up. It was written by Matthew Hodgson, directed <laughs> okay. by Brad Falchuk. Oh, well, that makes there we go. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so yeah, it's fun. It doesn't. It's not really. Uh, I don't know. It's. I'm gonna say I'm not. You can't see me, but I'm doing the inverted commas with my fingers. It is Britney, but let's be real. That's Heather. That's just Heather dancing. That's not. She's not even trying to be Britney in that. In that <laughs> no, scene. it's just Heather dancing. Yeah, uh, Mary ha- is Mary is in the audience of this though. She's yeah, kind of yeah. just like weirdly. So she comes to this, but she doesn't go to the showcase. Whatever. Um, Maybe she's gone by the time the showcase is on. Oh, yeah, that's she's true. It could be. Or maybe somehow so. she wasn't invited, and yet all the buddies went by somehow. <laughs> maybe June <laughs> stopped. She's like, nope, I know you now. <laughs> 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 oh man okay um okay, so, uh, sorry just because um i looked it up the song shaking my head was written by adam anders and pierre Astrom. Okay. i don't know who that other person is but i know who adam anders is yeah he's the guy that did all the music stuff he did yeah so, an excellent right. song that deserved to be nominated for an emmy i'm so down <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> so I kind of want to know what's on Mercedes' album now. Like, we could come up with, like, four or five titles that would end up on this album. Hell to the um, No is definitely on there. Yeah, the, the Colorblind one. Whatever Santana and uh, Mercedes were trying to sing in um, the backup plan. <laughs> I wonder so. if that, that song would have made it into this episode if Nair had been in it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I see, and I wonder. I wonder if there was more with because Mercedes' plot line is like not really a plot line. I mean, there's stuff with Sam, but there's not really anything with her album. So I wonder if that was cut out because Santana was going to be part of that plot line. What makes me also then wonder what in this episode was added in to make up for the fact that Naya's stuff wasn't. I have no idea because there's already so much in here. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Sam's stuff got ballooned up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have that um, that whole awkward scene with the 
lady and uh, with the like the girls on film scene because that was yeah awkward. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, then we finally get into how long are we like forty minutes into this before we can talk about some claim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're talk about uh, um, we're in Niada's one uh, room because they only have one room, and um, getting ready. And I love Blaine's just like trying to do stuff so he doesn't fall off the stage, even though they don't use that stage. In the yeah, case, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but unless he knows like how long the stage is going to be. True. Maybe but he just is concerned about the band. <laughs> Oh dear, I love him so much. <laughs> and then when June comes in and she's like, baby cakes. And I'm like, it's what I call mine. <laughs> I said, I actually said this the other day on online, but I, I do have to say it out loud. And these two can um, can back me up when I say every time he appears on my screen, doesn't matter. I, I want to say it's only when I'm drunk, but I was doing it when I'm sober. He appears on the screen and I literally yell like my baby or my baby. Yes. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> I mean, it gets louder the drunker I get, but it, I don't have to be drunk to do it. I, I believe you. <laughs> but I just I love like the the in this like the dichotomy of like he's measuring the stage to know exactly how many paces he has so he can freestyle. And it's like that doesn't. <laughs> Not how you freestyle, people. <laughs> he is oh. the, he is our precious little muffin. I mean, come he's, on, <laughs> he's literally the muffins that June brings in. Like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> cool. And let's talk about. Okay, so let me ask on a serious note. What do you guys think of June? Because I've had conversations with other people and like the backup plan and whatever about June. But I'm kind of curious as to what you guys feel about June. Um, this, I'm. There's a, like up until like up until later on into this episode, she's just kind of just like this adversary that you know you know okay we're not supposed to like her, but there's a point where she like turns and you're like right you're a fucking bitch you need to go. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but there's something kind of seedy about it, like this older woman like taking these young men and mm. almost, it's almost <laughs> like she's a madam. It's like she's their it's like she's their pimp, and it, <laughs> it's it's a little bit gross. Okay, because the more times I watch this arc, the more times I'm like, I'm like playing, don't, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, even like when they're performing together and she's sitting on his lap and it's like, no. <laughs> and like, this, this is so not okay. And like, why are, like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's and she just, is really like weird about like I mean and she kind of we'll get to it later as to kind of why but she's really weird about the Kurt thing because he's yeah. I mean he's like oh just have him in for one song like who cares and she's well, like no my reputation is on the line yes my yeah. reputation I was like whoa although whoa. I will say this this is something that I've been thinking about I thought about a lot and that is I really really wonder how June reacted to the news that Kurt Blaine broke up <laughs> Like she was probably I like, will say, I told you so. I, I put that reaction. I'm going to plug this so many times and you guys are going to hate me for this. Um, I, I, I did a scene with that in my fic with every broken. Oh, yeah, you did. Mel, it was your fic. Mel did the video for, so I'm going to plug her awesome video making skills that you should all go read. Yeah, I, I love that thing. Just FYI. <laughs> 
No, it's really no. Because I, I was actually like, I know somebody dealt with this in a fic, and I thought it was one of Flower's Flower fans' fics, but I didn't think it was, and it was yours. Oh, well, <laughs> it was just one scene. So I mean, yeah, no, and it, it was, was cut fun. down because um, I remember I, I had a huge giant scene, and my editor was like, no. This doesn't fit what, with the tone yeah, but, or anything okay. else. No but, but. no, but then what did you have a? Because I'm obviously it was a short scene, but then what was in the fuller scene? Like, how do you think she would have reacted to this? Oh, she was awful. She was just well. First, she like it, my whole thing was that she was like you, you know how like people treat customer service people or like waiters just like come here, do this, do that, do this. You're gonna do this for me. And she's really rude like that. And then she's like, you need to tell Blaine to do this. And then she noticed there's no ring and she's like, oh. And she's like, go you know and she gives him this long speech about, you know, I told him like she basically says you're the one that ruined his his future career. It's better that he's gonna get rid of you now. And just like some really salty, mean, you know, stuff. So and also because Blaine was probably down in the dumps and had no kind of drive to be performing or doing well in that kind of so, event. Yeah. So, no. Why are you sorry? Don't be but, sorry. But it, but it makes me wonder, like, obviously at the end of the episode, she's very much on board with the whole thing and it doesn't seem like she's going to stop, like, being his benefactor. So, like, at what – because obviously she's not around in season six. Like, at what point do you think she, like well, – let him go <laughs> when, she, when he gets when he yada. yeah when he gets kicked down he yada. um and i can see him and you guys can like you guys are the bigger plane fans than i am but i can kind of see him shut her out too like yeah i'm gonna go back and hide at dalton and not yeah. deal with the rest of the world and maybe june tries to call him and she he just doesn't answer he doesn't want to face I don't, it i don't so. think she would because if she doesn't if she doesn't say money in him Oh, yeah. No. yeah, that's true. Yeah, she, she would drop. She would drop them as quickly. The minute, as she, yeah, if she, the minute she's not going to get what she wants from him, she'd just right. drop him. Yeah, yeah, even for the emotional support. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there's some real. De- there's probably some deeper blame meta here about how like the similar ha- thing happened with the Warblers and like how you know as soon as he wasn't their like lead singer anymore, they didn't really care about him and they were willing to betray him. Like it just makes me really sad. <laughs> Um, except also, except except for the sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Um, I probably had something deeper to say about this, but I like completely forgot it. So it's fine. Um, Well, yeah, continue. (laughs) Well, can we talk about um, just she's like I'm gonna have Walter. Would she say Walter Cronkite? And she mentions Michael Bay, and I was like, Cooper auditioned for Michael Bay. I know, and then she he was supposed to be there. So you think Michael Bay was listening to them sing American Boys? <laughs> if you watch any of the Transformers like, movies, you know, the Transformers movies are very much no homo. So Michael Bay would have been like, no homo. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michael Bay is not, I mean, ugh, his stuff is not good. Do you really um, want Michael Bay? So, um, so yeah. Uh, sh- so she basically yeah, she tells him no, and he gets really sad about it. And okay, so let's. If, I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to say about June. So unless you guys had something, no, just that there was a mo- like a, a moment after he says that he's measuring the stage, where she does kind of laugh at him for a bit, but kind of stops herself. And so yeah. she kind of, I guess, I think she kind of finds him adorable but a little bit, but maybe doesn't. That's what that's what I think because I find him adorable. Everybody well, he's well, and I, it's kind of something we were talking about in the old dogs new tricks 
uh, this came up a little bit that, and in the back plan where June is essentially, she thinks of him as a project, not even a person. It's mm-hmm. a project. And, um, what's going with that? Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, he's kind of cute, but I mean, obviously we just all find him adorable and I don't necessarily think that she, she, she looks at him as a commodity. Well, um, yeah. she says, she says that reputations are the most, like the most valuable currency to her. And then Blaine turns around and says, mm, the most valuable currency to me is love. And I feel like that says everything that you need to know about these two characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, June mentions later that her third husband was gay. So, like, how? who knows however many times she's been married. Like, this is a woman yes. that probably doesn't really feel that kind of love anymore. Yeah. Oh, I that, re- that was maybe more of, like, a Shirley MacLaine moment, that little laugh than June. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> um, though I will say, I forgot to mention this, that she deliberately calls Kurt his friend. Her friend, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's like that'll get brought back later. But yeah, she's like, "Oh, it's cute that you want your friend a part of this," but no. And it's like, dude. <laughs> so, so Blaine is feeling angsty because poor Blaine is angsty a lot. Um, and we get uh, Darren Chris's last solo of the series. I know. Tell also, me how you really like, feel. Just to, I just wanted to talk about how she like slapped his little face as he as she walks out. She like gives him a little like. You're cute and then slaps him. I was like, <laughs> and people like to slap Blaine, whether it's Becky slapping his ass or June slapping his face. Like, all right. I'm surprised Tina never slapped his butt. <laughs> she can respect some boundaries, but then other times she just wants to straddle his little chest and like rub ointment on it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, let's yeah. talk about all of me. Oh, yeah. People talk about how um, how Kurt should have a like a, a feel. I don't forget the word that I'm looking for, but like you know when people walk into his apartment bearing like plants, people yes. are like he should have like a. I think he needs to also have a moment when Blaine is sitting at a piano and like <laughs> bearing his soul. <laughs> Again, a very interesting episode to watch if you've recently yeah. watched the break. Well, that's the and then it was intentionally meant to um, invoke right. that feeling. Because um, Kurt does, when Kurt comes into the room, you see on his face, oh, shit, he's sad and right singing at the piano again. Not again. No. And, yeah. I, and I think that's where, well, okay, I'm going to hold that. We'll, we'll just talk about the song first and then I'll, I'll say my mm. thought about Kurt. Um, but, oh, go ahead. No, you keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm just keep stopping over you guys. I'm sorry. I feel bad. We have a lot of, we all have a lot of feelings. Okay? We have a lot of feelings about this. Um, first of all, did he do this live? No, he didn't. That was one thing that I thought. I was like, he would have sounded really good live on this song, and I'm intrigued that they didn't do it live. And part of me wonders whether, like, maybe it just didn't work in terms of the way that they were shooting it. Like, Teenage Dream was very much a single sort of shot. Like, there were a couple of different Mm -hmm. shots. This one circles around him a lot, and maybe it just wasn't going to work with the way that they were putting it together. They did um, that Phil Collins song live, though. Yeah, yeah but it's the same thing. He was sitting up on the auditorium stage. Just on the, and he did the start of Suddenly Seymour live mm, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounded mm-hmm. like it, yeah. Um, like, I mean, in terms of, like, the, the lyrics are actually, like, so perfect for Blaine and sort of yeah. 
is his relationship with Kurt. And it actually, and as you're talking about, like it folds into how it plays out at the start of season six really well because he's so just, it is, it's all about, it's all about Kurt and everything like that. And so he's so wrapped up in that that he doesn't sort of see perhaps where things are not working all that well. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, okay. let me read the lyrics a little bit because I have most of the stuff in my Kurt meta, which, because this song is, it's, I mean, I know that it was popular at the time, but it's so perfect for, as you said, Blaine's feelings about his relationship and about Kurt. And, um, you know, what would I do without your smart mouth drawing me in and you kicking mm-hmm. me out? You've got my head spinning. No kidding. I can't pin you down. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in that beautiful mind? I'm on your magical mystery ride. I'm so dizzy. Don't know what hit me, but I'll be all right. My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. You're crazy and I'm out of my mind. All of me, because all of me loves all of you. All of your curves and at your edges and all of your perfect imperfections. Yes. It is. It is. Like they think of which one of like Blaine's best lines. I'm like, what song would work really well with this? <laughs> and no, talking- I like fandom had been really like gunning and campaigning for them to have this song for ages. Mm. Well, and like, it works. I mean, yeah. yeah, in terms of if you can pimp your fake, I can pimp a video that I did of this song, <laughs> including like I their relationship. Yeah, their relationship footage through it. Mm-hmm. So, give my all to go check it, it out. This is really a, good, guys. Go watch it. Yeah, this, this is something that it. I that I mentioned to Lauren um, last night, and um, it will become more apparent once we get to the conversation that they have with the birds. <laughs> and I'm of the opinion, sorry, I'm of the opinion, <laughs> watching watching this episode, this episode more than any other feels like it's finally dealing with the baggage of the breakup. And I don't know yes. whether that, that does, that's because we're watching the breakup this week. Like this is this week that, that we're recording. This is the week that we're doing the breakup rewatch. So it's on my mind. But like as I said, there's okay. there's clear whole callbacks to the callback scene. <laughs> and as I said, like this stuff I will get to about trust. This is all a conversation that I feel like they should have had like a season ago. And I agree. I mean, I feel like th- it's kind of funny to me that this stuff is all tying up all of the issues that they had in their relationship, stemming out of Blaine's cheating. But I think at yep. the same time. And maybe we'll get into this a little bit more going forward when we try to bridge some of the season five, six stuff that Kurt's going to be the one to break it next. Yeah. So this yeah. is all tying up Blaine's Blaine's yeah. going to be fine. And Kurt's going to break Blaine's heart coming up. And it's just a different thing. There's just a different yeah. circumstances and the stuff that they have to work through in season six is different than the original stuff that they broke up with originally. Well, as, I, as I was saying, like I re, I went back and rewatched. You can't watch this episode and then not go. Okay, I need to rewatch the next part now. And you can't watch the next part without watching like all of season six, or at least yes. the same part. Of it. <laughs> but it's really interesting. And as I say, we'll get to it when we get to this whole conversation about trust. That trust does not come up again. No, like in, not, not being able not. to show, like not being able to show Blaine that he loved, like that he loved him in a way that Blaine could respond to. There were a whole heap of things going on, but it had nothing to do with trust, which was what happened with the season four breakup. And I just find it really interesting. It was like we're closing the chapter on this issue; it's completely gone, and then they'll just go and blow it up again later. But <laughs> but it oh, did feel, literally did feel like like this was the end of that issue. Yeah, yeah. other issues, but that issue is done. It's dusted. We can tick it off. They've right. finally dealt with it. 
Yeah. Um, about all of me too. Can we talk just a quick second about Blaine and how, you know, a lot of the song, you know, you, you, you have my head spitting and I'm on your magical mystery ride. And like, he's not really secure himself and where he stands with Kurt, because I do think that in little bits and pieces, Kurt has never really fully let him back in. And oh, he won't yeah. until season six. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's one issue that they don't do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, there's this lie stuff, which I think is minor comparatively to other issues that they have. But I think that, you know. But one thing I found interesting was that, again, the parallel moments. Blaine has kept this secret from Kurt for so long and hasn't told him about it. When, if you go back, watch the breakup, the first thing he does after he cheats is go and tell Kurt about it. Right. Right. He doesn't know how Kurt's going to react to this. Exactly. Like he's so, he's so, until they have that conversation later on, he's so scared. He says sorry a lot. He apologizes a lot in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and like, so oh, scared that, and that's why you know perhaps he's not saying because he's like, well, I told the truth previously, and it completely yeah. blew up in my face. I don't want to risk that again. Um, and also the fact that throughout this, he's trying to make the light a truth, like he's trying to yeah. convince him to get yeah. He's trying to fix it first before he has to confront Kurt. The thing that I think is really interesting, though, and, and this is again me jumping ahead a little bit, but. He is so afraid of breaking things with with Kurt that he's going to do it again, that he's going to screw up again, that I think that Kurt being the one that breaks it the second time, um, it gives him a chance to really refocus his life and be okay with being on his own and being okay with, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and not, I can't control everything. There are going to be issues and he's able to work through that. I think that's one reason why I think yeah. the, this, you know, second breakup and him dealing with that and dealing with him being on his own works for me because I, I really love the, I, even though we didn't get a lot of it, I really do love how Blaine progresses in season six. Yeah. Yes, so it becomes like, it's, um, I'm jumping ahead to the later conversation where he talks about where they have, it's we either fly together or we don't fly at all. And it's like, he needs to realize that he can do things. They don't have to do everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to be his own person before yeah. can fly they can. Own. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, right here, I think he's still in the headspace. Like he's so, I mean, and that's what the, you know, that's what the proposal was. And that's what the, you know, all of this stuff through new New York and test. And he's trying to control it so that, like nothing bad happens. He's trying to make sure everything is perfect yep. because, and he, he ultimately, he has to learn that, you know, Kurt is his own person and has his own shit that he's got to deal with yep. and et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, um, you know, back to the song, it's, I think it's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm sad that Darren didn't get a, a solo his last season. I think, and he and Chris yeah. both ask not to do it, but a, um, yeah, I thought I'm surprised. I get Chris asking, but I'm surprised about Darren, and it makes me sort of sad. But they got huh. two do, oh no, three duets. They got they? three duets, so, and they definitely sang a bit. Um, yeah, but um, I, I am glad. I like this. This is last solo, though. I think it's a really. Yeah. I just, I personally just really love the song and really love Darren singing on it. So, but I, I, I maybe I'm reading too much into this, and. This might be a, a, a controversial thing to say, but it's intriguing that Kurt's last solo is about Kurt, but Blaine's last solo is also about Kurt. 
But and, you know what I'm going to say to that? Everything is yeah. going to hurt, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything has to be about Kurt, okay? <laughs> I've spoken. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Kurt stands have taken over. Oh, oh dear. Um, <laughs> I've been in terms of Kurt, sort of like, because he, in this scene, like, he brings, like, calling back to his converse, in the conversation that he had in Glees about... Mm. Um, how can you know? How can I believe you love me? If I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's his that's his sore spot. Yeah. Is, you know, and there are like that sort of that he sort of says we had long conversations about this. That at least there is a reference to them even working on the. I know. I'm glad that you at least mentioned that because that's the yeah. one thing I know fandom had been on about. And even I was like, I wish they had been a little bit more talking about stuff. But yeah. Glee doesn't do process well. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, they they have. You know, it, just throwing this out there because now we've reached the end of season five, and they Kurt has been trying in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. we see phone calls between the two of them, and that was an issue because Blaine didn't feel like he was getting Kurt's attention enough, and Kurt's been trying. You know, with all of the stuff in the early season five, um, you can tell that they have progressed from the dysfunction <clears throat> that they were at the beginning of season four. Like, yeah. I think that it's been. Obviously, they're still not quite on the same page. They still have got some more working out stuff that they've got to do. But I, I do think it has progressed. And I do think they try to talk about it. Now, throwing this out, because we never get to see, and you guys are big Blaine fans, do you think that sometimes, you know, Kurt will be like, hey, we need to try this and that, and Blaine will just nod and go along with it and not really express his feelings? Or... I think... Mm-hmm. I think it's part of me, I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had about how, at least before this, Blaine was still trying to atone for the fact that he kind of fucked up. So maybe there is part of him that will do, go along just because he feels like he owes it. Mm-hmm. And and I really dislike the idea that we have to have a breakup that's both of their fault so we can come back on an even playing field. That's not, I don't like that idea at all. But the breakups happen for different reasons that kind of right. have to do with the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't I don't think we needed any breakups to be honest with you. But no. um I, I I see what Glee is doing. I think they yeah. are intentionally trying to frame it as this and then that to even score. And I'm not talking in a you know better boyfriend Olympics. Well Kurt did it this time and Blaine did it that time and yeah. blah, blah blah I'm like no. I dislike they, that. It's definitely I, I think that the second breakup actually did come out of the first breakup a little bit, but in that just coming from my side as a Kurt fan, he, ne- like I said earlier, he never really let Blaine back in. No. And there's always just a little bit of hesitance. He he didn't, you know, he got so hurt that first time that, you know, he goes into it and he loves Blaine and he, he loves, you know, being in that relationship, but he could always be hurt again. And he doesn't want that to ever happen again. He doesn't want to go through that pain again. So if he can just keep himself distant, like, and then Blaine's going to start pushing about the, the, you know, marriage thing and things are going to kind of fall apart. And then Kurt's going to try and preserve himself again. And I'm not saying Kurt's right. I think he's an idiot and a teenage boy and, you know, does things backwards and doesn't talk to his partner about his insecurities. But, um, so yeah. But, but I, but I find it interesting again, like, I feel like Blaine would go along with some of this stuff without, like, basically being steamrolled by Kurt because, like, you know, it's just easier. Like, this, if this makes him happy, then I'm doing a good thing, right? It doesn't matter if I'm not enjoying it. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. one thing yeah, that I, I will say. That's better in season oh, six. Yeah. 
I will say one thing that I noticed in both of the scenes that I have, and I feel like I have to point it out in this scene. And even again, in the later scene, um, obviously Blaine is sitting at a piano and Kurt is standing. So I feel like there's still that level of like, we're not equal. And the same thing happens. They're sitting on the stairs and they get up and then Blaine, like Kurt's on the, the, the above stair and Blaine's on the bottom one. Like I get that that's like probably doesn't mean anything, but like I couldn't help but notice it. And do you again, know what it really means? Thing. I do get, you want it means, to know what it, what it was, means? That, that Kurt's a top and Blaine's a bottom. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I just wanted to say that. Look, that's not true. You're not wrong. <laughs> not really. Not really. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I, you, you were making a really ruined it. point and I'm just stomped all over it. I'm sorry. That's fine. I mean, we both made very excellent points. It works both ways. <laughs> both points are valid. Um, actually, I was looking at my notes and I just... I got some more lyrics that I, there's more to this song. Um, even when you're crying, you're beautiful too. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, everybody says that Kurt's such a pretty crier. And ugly crier. <laughs> you got a golden globe <laughs> for ugly crying. <laughs> when he has to, most of the time. For one uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then you're my downfall. Fall, you're my muse. You're my worst distraction in my rhythm and, and blues. Anyway. I don't know. You this whole Blaine, thing. Blaine, you need to get a a, 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 a thing like you you can't again. This is, this has been meted to death. But Blaine, your 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 passion. I think he talks about passion later. Your passion can't be a person, right? Like another person. Right. Yeah. I I think this also goes back to what Bert said in season four that you have to marry a person, not an idea. Yeah. And that's and, exactly what he's not doing right now. Yeah. So, all right, so let's get into the fight a little bit. I mean, I hope you guys are okay with this supersized episode because I think, yeah, yep. we're going to be here a while. Um, <laughs> so, let's talk that. I know there is. It's going to be our double sized finale episode. Um, tell, me, tell me one thing. I don't know. I, I just sounded like you, you're not, are we moving on? I just wanted to ask one thing before we did that. No, oh. I just want to know how do you feel about Kurt like like knocking that bag over? Well, that's what I'm I was going to get into the actual Kurt argument. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought you were going to move on. I was like, wait, no, we're not done. <laughs> we haven't talked about the second half of the scene. I'm just moving on from the song. <laughs> oh dear, that's why I went into this like we're double. We're going to do this double size episode because we aren't even done with this scene yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, okay, so. The back thing, um, I have a couple of complicated thoughts on it. One, I don't think it's entirely out of character. I mean, think about way back in season one when he gets mad at Finn for the moist towelette thing and he kicks over a chair. So <laughs> yes. it's not, not entirely out of... I, I do think it's a little violent for Kurt. Um, I, he's never expressed that kind of violent anger at Blaine. Um, so... I think it was a little over the top, but not entirely out of character. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm, I, I agree. Thanks. I don't have that much thoughts on that. As somebody <laughs> who gets irrationally angry and hits things, I get it completely. Okay. And, like, it's a bag. It's not a person. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not. Um, I mean, he's not abusive to Blaine. Okay, no, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never. I like it's never sort of jumped out to me as something to be concerned. It's always just been like, yeah. 
he's obviously still incredibly um I've, I've written down sore spot in my notes and that's not the right term because it just sounds like he's got you know this is a legitimate yeah. thing that he's still in terms of yes as a lot you know compared to it's this idea of him not telling him the truth and this idea of trust. He is still so, it's just a, such a massive thing still for him. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that coming out in sort of just, you know, the you lied to me. And yeah. it's just that emphasis there. So it sort of never like even occurred to me to consider it as like violent or something. It was just, this is where he is at. And we need exactly. Lane needed and, uh, to see it, and we needed to see it. Right, and I think it's it, it goes along with what you, with what you said. It goes along with the whole, you know, Kurt's trying to protect himself from being hurt again, and yeah. Blaine is still, you know, managing to do that, and and Kurt is not handling that very well. Like no. I, we've had all of these talks. I'm trying to trust you. I'm trying to get this, us back onto this place where I can feel like I can open up to you again. Like he said in season six, his issue is, you know, intimacy and in that he's, he's, he's not telling Blaine how he feels about things other than like, we have to do this, this, and this, and this for you to make me feel better. And, yeah. and that's not how a relationship work, should work either. So, um, so yeah. me, uh, this goes back to why I think this is, this is not, this is not them getting mad about, some dumb showcase. This is like yeah. them finally dealing with their breakup issues. Is that if it feels like that reaction is sort of out of proportion to what Blaine was lying about, especially right. like, given that he was trying to like make amends, like he was trying not to hurt Kurt, but he still lied in the process. Like as I said, if you transplant this back a season, it yeah. still makes sense, and you just have to change the subject matter. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not what he lied about. It's just the fact that it was a lie. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that trust. You know, that's it's that breaking of that trust again. That, that it almost kind of feels like Kurt was almost like waiting for something to happen again, like something yeah. like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one that moment of okay, it's happened, and all that energy is just released. And yeah, well, that's yeah. like Blaine says, you know, but I love you, and Kurt's like, how am I supposed to trust that? Yeah. Believe that, oh. you know. And, and he that's asked just, you to marry him, Kurt. <laughs> but that's, that's where Kurt, well, and that's, you know, I'll say that's where Kurt kind of, you know, it's funny because when I was talking about the stuff in the, the first breakup, I always said going into it, Kurt had too much faith in the relationship and Blaine didn't. And this yeah. time it's flipped. Blaine has too much faith that this is going to, if we just get married, it'll work. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And Kurt mm-hmm. doesn't have enough faith in the relationship. So, uh, the Glee writers, as much as they're a pain in our asses, uh, <laughs> are actually, uh, you know, writing intentionally. I guess is the best. They were word tra- they were telling a coherent story, but yeah, well, coherent <laughs> is arguable. But yeah, um, <laughs> if you if you they were telling it a, a story, <laughs> <laughs> there's continuity there. Let's put that that way. There is a um, story, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. Oh, the other. This is so off topic and not like there's nothing in that bag either. Like he just hits it, just like <laughs> yeah, floats off. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but but yeah, I think that you know, and I think the fact that like you guys said, it is a definite callback to the breakup. That is also part of it. Like Kurt's reliving one of the worst nights of his life in that moment. So I get, I get that. I'm sorry, go for it. No, you keep going. 
I was saying that I get that this is a TV show, but it's kind of odd to me that he hasn't had an opportunity to deal with that before this. Like, well, it's because like, it's a TV show. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, maybe you shouldn't have said yes when he asked you to marry him if you're still having these issues. But mm, I wouldn't be able to say no to that proposal either. So, well, at the end of the day, and I know we'll get into this definitely as we go into season six. Like. Kurt wants to be married to Blaine. He just doesn't trust him, you know, right now, Blaine or later himself about being married to Blaine. So um, the other thing I just wanted to throw out there is that Kurt can often be very vicious at people. He's very vicious with Rachel a lot. He gets vicious with just about anybody that gets in his way. And he, even through these arguments, he doesn't really with Blaine. I think Blaine is one of the, people he's nicest to and that's saying something with Kurt like uh, it's it's mean yeah but I I get what you mean not at the same level yeah I feel like one of my notes here is it's like the end of the conversation it's almost like he walks off to kind of cut it off maybe to almost like stop himself to going from going to those places right like when it gets too much he has to walk away from it well, I'm just, like, if you look at how many times he, he, I mean, even in this arc that he gets mad at Rachel and, like, just goes off on her about this, that, and the other thing. And he doesn't do that with Blaine in the same way. Like, mm-hmm. bl- his relationship with Blaine means more to him than his relationship with Rachel and, and the way yeah. they, and plus he and Rachel are just, are, can handle a little bit more of that, like, sharp-edgedness at each other, but, um, I just like to throw that out there because people are always like, Kurt doesn't like blame. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, uh, I hate that. I just, Whatever. They're, they're different, different people and they complement yeah. one another. But like, I think that's the thing is that like, they also know, really know how to hurt one another. And I think what you're saying is right. Is that he wants, he's angry at him, but he's not going for like the jugular. Yeah, exactly. And again, but I, I, I keep saying that this is like there is subtext here about the breakup. If Kurt really wanted to be that mean, he would literally bring up their breakup. Yeah. 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 No. And he, he would bring that. up the, the – yeah, he would be like, you know, I can't trust you anymore. Remember what happened the last time I trusted you? Like, but he doesn't do that. No. No. So. All right. So I, I am kind of moving away from the scene. Is there anything else that you guys <laughs> wanted to touch upon before we <laughs> – do a quick rundown of everything else before the next big cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's okay. I think I think that's everything. I, I no, I, I you know, just as an aside, I love getting this nitty-gritty into this stuff. Sometimes like I don't know. It's I don't know. I just think it's really fun. So See, well, the, the writers were doing something if we could sit here and talk about it for like half an hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um all right, That's so we, we, yeah. something we can definitely get through in, like, five minutes uh, is the next <laughs> scene is the Sam and the girls on film and the treasure trails and the model rubber chicken. Band. The rubber, the rubber band. band. Stop him from getting a rogue chubba. <laughs> oh, rogue chubba. Oh, that sounds so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I <love> <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this song, but that's just me. Nah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I could have done without this song. Um, yeah. I see what's there. This is probably what they added in to mm. like cover up the Santana stuff. But yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, Sam is having a hard time. <laughs> is not there anything else? We, anything no. Else we, I mean, no, we could. We were all like huge Sam fans, but 
Yeah. Um, okay. But even if you're a huge Sam fan, I mean, there's not that much you can say about this scene. No. It's like it's setting up this. It's pretty obvious. There's lots of <laughs> pretty obvious naked women and <laughs> he's having a hard time. That's about it. He's <laughs> surrounded by boobs and he almost passed out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's kind of funny that you've got to remember, nope, he's not, he's he's 19, he's 19 when you're like, no, but Court Overstreet is like, what, 29? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, that's their chart. Like, so Kurt is 21 in season six, so he's 20 this season. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're like 19. Yeah. So he and Billy are yeah. like 19. Okay. <laughs> but also, but also then, I, I think I wrote this a little bit later when Sam and Mercedes do sit down and have, have, have the conversation about it. But how much sex was Sam actually having? Like, were he and Brittany just going at it all the time? Is that You know, why, to be like, honest with you, I feel like, yes. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I got okay. the impression that he, like, he, you know, he had sex with Quinn eventually. Or, no, he lost his virginity no. to the, as the white stripper or white yeah. chocolate stripper. So, okay. So, yeah, he's having sex with these women at strip clubs. And then I'm pretty sure he and Brittany, uh, like, got it on, like, two buddies. Um, I wonder if he and Santana. No, because that's before the stripper thing. Yeah. Um, he probably had sex with Nurse Penny. Yeah. Which is kind of icky. No. <laughs> um, he might have had, you know, if they hadn't gotten stopped, he could have had sex with Tina. <laughs> <laughs> he did like her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the next scene we get is actually the intervention scene, and I am really interested to hear. Let's do this one side at a time. Um, let's start with the Mercedes and Rachel, Brittany, and Kurt are on the floor. Why are they on the floor for this intervention? I don't know. And they have like grapes and they like touched the grapes. Sorry, that's <laughs> the one thing I couldn't help but notice. Like when they're like Mercedes, sit down on the floor. And why is Brittany like? In this conversation, I mean, I guess so that she can be in a scene, but she doesn't say Brittany anything. In every scene that Brittany's in, it's like, why is she there? I don't care. She's hilarious. Um, even though she doesn't say anything in this one. <laughs> um, and so I, you get the impression that Glee, I, I, I have a theory. My theory <laughs> is that Ryan Murphy was in a long distance relationship and he cheated on his boyfriend. <laughs> that is my two cents on that. Um, because then Mercedes gets this giant speech about how they should break it up because it's the right thing to do. And Kurt's mm-hmm. not in a good mood, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. He is not in a happy mood at all. <laughs> and Blaine's really sulky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when our, our Sam takes the controller away from him. But, um. <laughs> they're literally, they're not even playing. They're just literally pressing buttons, though. It really bugs me when they're, like, clearly not playing the game. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Your thoughts on what they talk about here but it's not it's it's a little bit more than just them being in different places it's them like it is the whole sex thing as well that is playing into this that it's that they kind of want even though sam is like totally committed to it that there is that difference in in their needs Mm -hmm. so it's it's got it's a little bit of an extra layer than just they're going you guys are going to be apart right well, I find yeah. it interesting that I wrote down the line. She says it's scary worrying what the person you love is doing while you're a million miles away. And I was just sitting here. Once again, it doesn't help we're doing breakup, but, like, I yes. literally wrote it down, did you learn nothing, Mercedes? And I get that they're different people, 
And um, but just going back, rewatching the breakup and thinking about, oh my god, I wish we'd had different a different storyline in that episode. I feel like this is the kind of storyline that fandom wanted them to have. Like, yeah. a, a, like yeah. let's, and I think it's this storyline that the, the Zentana Brittany. and Brittany in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's oh. what they got. And um, I like in terms of like a, what Rachel says to her about the best chance that you have. It's sometimes the best chance you have at staying together is to actually be apart for a while. Yeah, that was really Which interesting. Actually, completely true for Kurt and Blaine. Yeah, would, exactly. Yeah, would have been true for Finn and for Rachel. Finn and Rachel, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, it's actually, I think it's actually sort of quite smart what what they're actually the way that they're approaching this conversation with with Mercedes and things yeah. things like that. Because Rachel and Kurt have perhaps learned. And, yeah. and even Brittany as well. Like we're, we're sitting here questioning why is Brittany there? Brittany knows probably better than Kurt and Rachel do about this situation because this is why her and Santana broke up. We don't see it. But much. also why, you know, Brittany and Santana get back together yeah. after being, you know, because it, I feel like both Kurt and Rachel, well, I guess Rachel obviously is not going to get the chance, but like they go through, you know, they, they date other people and they have other experiences and then kind of come back to, Oh, this is the person I want to be with. And they, they want Mercedes to have that too, but you know, somebody that she can go her own speed with or be on her own or, you know, and yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. I I wish there had been more of a payoff in the finale. I wish they had actually gotten them back together. And in the script they did. Um, but we'll talk about that a long time from now. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, all right. So, and then, yeah, then there's the whole, you know, Blaine and, and this is interesting to the Blaine cause he, he's like, it's the gentlemanly thing to do is to break it off with her. <laughs> oh, I'm like, Oh, BB. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't, I, cause I don't know, because later on when he gets back with Kurt in season six and Tina's like, I'm going to try and marry Mike. And he's like, yeah, go for it. Like, <laughs> Did you learn nothing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, I'm pretty sure that the I really love the idea that they sit around and play video games because like yeah. I, talking about how like they don't seem like the kids. I mean, I know that not just kids play video games, but like seeing those boys sitting around playing Halo, like. Boys do and this. They do. It's not the first. I, I do appreciate it. Like, I, I think there was one scene, like, early season one, and Finn's like, I can't even beat level two of this video game, and he flops down. I'm like, yes, that's what a teenage boy would do. I mean, yeah. Like, Sometimes the show forgot that, that they were talking about younger people than what they were, so... <laughs> I forget. I think I've said before on this, I forget sometimes too. Well, especially in the later seasons. I mean, once season four comes along, it's kind of hard to maintain the image that they're teenagers when they all look like they're pushing 30. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> as much as I love them. Um, and yeah. And, you know, well, I guess I'm going to say that, that for when they, when Mercedes <laughs> break up. So never mind. <laughs> Okay, so next we get kind of our really fun montage of, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so first we get um, Mary is talking to Artie oh, at film yeah. school, and she starts putting um, donuts or bagels or something into her bra. It's a and donut. Love- <laughs> it's a donut, yeah. <laughs> she's like, are, he's like, are you putting it in your bra? And he's like, May-, she's like, maybe. Like, what? And then she's like, did you want this one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm about to throw a bit of Rachel shade, and I'm sorry, but I'm sure you guys won't mind. Um, um, Adi says something like, Rachel sets a goal and she stop, doesn't stop until she gets it. And then in brackets, I wrote, yeah, and then she gets the goal and then she stops. 
Like and she stops. <laughs> she stops after she gets what she's wanted all this time. <laughs> and she gets bored with it and throws it away. I, I am oh. glad that they call her out on that in season yeah. six. <laughs> well, so in that way, Artie is right. She doesn't stop until she gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And then she moves on to a new goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then she's with <laughs> this is that the this is obviously at the townhouse. Um, and she, she's underneath a table interviewing Blaine. <laughs> And she's like, do you like Slane or Fane? And I'm like, it's Slane, obviously. <laughs> but is there like, that a reference to, was, was there like, obviously, is Slane reference to Blaine and Sam? Yeah, was in, in, dynamic, in dynamic duets, they, yeah. you know, at the very end, it's like, Blam, Slane, yeah, But Fane, was there Blaine and Finn shippers? Is that what that is? Or is oh, that just, I don't know. That was Blin, but there might there, Blin. there were Blin shippers. <laughs> Did you guys know that Blaine was originally named Blair? Yeah, I like did. his name was yeah. going to be Blair. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. they didn't do that. But it'd be Claire. Claire. <laughs> but him in this scene, it's like it's like he's like this gorgeous little combination of Blaine in Puppet Master and then Blaine in yeah. Dance with Body during Couples Counseling. <laughs> what is he's like? He's sitting there like I got my own issues to deal with. What on earth are you going on about? <laughs> well, I'm well, I'm sorry. Are you an actual writer from a real life television <laughs> network? Hey. <laughs> Could you imagine? I think Mary would be great as somebody that Cooper dates. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> Where's that fic? I want that fic. And it's, just, it's like I love your attitude, and I'm okay with your loafers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she starts going on about like her pajamas, and why is Brittany wearing a wig during this? I don't know. Um, or maybe it's in the next Brittany, yeah, Brittany's like, I love your pajamas. And she's like, yeah. don't steal them. Little yeah. mousies live in the pockets. And a kitty lives in my pants. And Blaine's face is just like, what? <laughs> and, and then Brittany's so on board. She's like, oh, I wouldn't. And you're like, what? <sighs> oh. Okay, and then there's the next scene. Oh, this is where the, okay. This is where the weird clothing thing happens again. This is because uh, this show has the worst editing. So Kurt, in the previous scene with with Mercedes, is wearing a red shirt that he will be wearing later on when they're doing the read-through. But in this middle scene, he's wearing a completely different outfit. Mm. I'm not even going to try the timeline. Maybe because well, he's upset. Well, but he's but the thing is, Brittany's in this scene yeah. as well. Like, Brittany was in the previous scene, and now she's in this scene again. Oh, maybe, maybe he just wanted to wear the same shirt two days in a row because it wasn't dirty and it looked good. <laughs> There's no way Kurt Hummel would wear the same shirt two days in a row. Unless he was that. Depressed. Unless he was really upset about <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. He has, but like when he's upset, he goes, like he has all those blue socks to help him through the upsetness. I'm sure he's got like <laughs> upsetness. That's not even a word. Upsetness. <laughs> Have we? I don't think we've ever actually seen Kurt wear that color of light blue. <laughs> it's because yeah. they're disgusting socks. We discussed them. They're awful socks, and he would never wear them. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So um, they're in the. Oh, oh, I love this too. Is she? Is this before her show goes on that night? Is it in the middle of the you know matinee on a Sunday? Like. <laughs> Because they're all in the dressing room, and she's like, if "There, she's there, so that, that Kurt can say, hey, if you know your producer finds out, she's like, shh, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, you brought the freaking writer there, but you're not going to tell anybody what you're doing. That's, that's <laughs> smart, Rachel. You're so smart. 
I find it interesting but, seeing that it becomes it's about money for her. Yeah, I wrote that down too. She's never like it's never really like yeah, she wants the fame and she but it's always been about the actual performing. We've never really heard her talk about like money. Yeah. And she brings up like, yeah. you know, if she does she does this show, she can come back to New York and do any show she wants for like ten times the for money. For more money, yeah. Yeah. And it it, mm-hmm. it was a little and it's like, oh Rachel, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do this, this you, you you won't do you won't be able to do any more shows in New York because they will blackball you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also it does kind of make me think that it's a very teenage way of thinking about money. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I also want to point out that Kurt is not in a great mood for these next couple of scenes, and I think that plays into part because Mary is following them all around, and I wish there was a scene of Mary following Kurt around because he's obviously not happy, (laughs) and I think that actually has repercussions in the script. In the script. <laughs> Which we will talk about in a second. Meanwhile, we let's talk about the um the armrest being the sweetest meat of the couch. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that's why Brittany's in that scene because she <laughs> just to say that one. Yeah, that's the scene where she puts on like the fanny wig, I think. She's yeah, she's putting on yeah, the costume. And then yeah, armrest is the sweetest meat. <laughs> Okay, because that makes sense. Meanwhile, Kurt is there giving Rachel yet another pep talk. Oh, my God. Uh, We've reached our quarter of pep talks for the season. (laughs) pep talk. I'm just done. I'm just done with the Rachel. No, Kurt does get a pep talk from Rachel in, I know, because I watched it, in in, in Loser Like Me, okay? She she pep talks in real good. You're You're not just here because you're lonely and like that. It's a good question to ask, Rachel. And he's not. It's great. <laughs> 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 he's here to help her with herself. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, okay. So then we go for the read through. And I do, I love the beginning of the scene when Blaine goes to sit next to Kurt and he's like, no, get away. And he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> He like sulks over to the chair. <laughs> But then, like, Kurt's literally on that couch by himself. He's got the whole couch to himself. And then Brittany comes and sits down. Because Brittany Brittany doesn't give a shit. She's like, what are you you upset? I'm going to sit here anyway. I'm going to plan your wedding for you, okay? (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. There's some, you know, there's some really great untapped story material about, you know, Brittany spending time with Kurt during this time period. And, like, that's her, like genius idea for getting them push helping to get them back together in season six i just feel like britney uh, britney actually like i feel like she didn't have that many scenes with kurt but they're an interesting dynamic that i wish the show had explored more especially after that whole like kurt pretending to be straight saga <laughs> that makes it special yeah <laughs> <unicorn> twins <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. yeah, we talked about this the other day. They're the, Brittany and Kurt are the unicorn twins, and Brittany and Blaine are the sunshine twins. And together, yeah. they're a wonderful trio. Unicorn <laughs> and sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. And Santana hates it. <laughs> <laughs> and she well, is not on board. Wants to share her wedding with them. I know. She is not on board with the anniversary sharing, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't think any of them are except for Brittany. <laughs> no. 
Okay, so let's talk about this just excellent and amazing script. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Okay, so we start off with our first scene, and Rachel is in a freaking bathtub eating a sheet cake, upset because her gay NASA dads forgot her birthday. And Kurt comes in in his dinosaur costume. Can I just say what I, I want to? I want to read to you what I wrote down. I think it's because okay. I got awards on the brain, and I've written this this sentence a lot in regards to Darren. But I literally wrote down because in this scene, his acting is like aces. I literally wrote down Chris Colfer, Golden Globe winning actor. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but it's like okay. I actually, I actually love it because like I don't see Kurt in that at all. I know that's no. what I meant. <laughs> He's not Kurt, he's Sir. And then I also was like Fratman. So if so if Slade is if Slade is Salmon Blaine, it's actually Blaine, but whatever. That means Sirt is um Salmon Kurt, which means that the cum ship, it's finally coming, people. It's finally coming. <laughs> Oh, we forgot to talk about. It's spelled with a C, not an S, isn't it? Or is it? It's C. I think it's spelled with a C, but it's pronounced like like so. Okay, let me have this. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we we talked about they they talk about the names and Artie is he's like a (laughs) Blarty. That was Blaine and Artie. Brittany Nittany. and then what is Sam's jam? When when the, the show does eventually move to like that show, Rachel Kurt's not in it. Kurt's character gets cut. Yes, no, he's in it. He's no, just no, played no, by he, a, he's in it. He's played by some old middle aged guy, and he gets a light like gets that crawls on his head, and he it, he dies like in the middle yeah, of it. Isn't that isn't that Blaine? Blaine's like the guy, and I don't remember. I watched it last no, night. No, it. Did I literally like blank this out of my mind? You were probably just so <laughs> like sir. enamored by Carrot Top's Blarty. <laughs> <laughs> you like moves to Blaine. Especially commentary on the fact that Chris is like an old soul and he likes old people. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> because, like, but I I love I love the flowers on the wall like <laughs> I love then they get into the hashtags hashtag hash and I did I, like I think all except for Rachel's last one you can figure out what it actually means like well, one of them is do I really give a shit and the other is one that is, what I, that yeah. is. yeah the Kurtz is like, does it look like I give a shit that's Kurtz yeah yeah because it should be tech, we know it here is Dillagaff it's usually Dillagaff yeah like, mm-hmm. fuck, yeah I would have got it if it and the DB. I just like I was just I did a search that the D B E Y is like don't believe everything you read. Okay. But the other one <laughs> hashtag, 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 hashtag. I, I won't stop till it's trending. It's just Oh my god. I love it. I love that scene. Oh, it's so funny. And but yeah, like, there's a and I think like as you said, like she's picked up that Obviously, that Kurt's not very happy at the moment, but she's also picked up that Kurt just cannot deal with like Rachel's whinging and complaining, and he's just exactly. like done with. <laughs> I think we never, we never saw it on the show, but we saw it in exactly. like. Exactly. Well, and I think even Rachel, Rachel in this fake thing is really like a a commentary on Rachel too. I mean, come on, yeah. like my oh my god, my gay dates the dads. You know, I forgot my birthday, and I'm gonna cry about it now. And oh, shut up, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so I love they so come basically, back. Basically, Mary Holler and had it picked. 
She did. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's it's. I don't think it's that. And even if oh, so do we want to get like let's get like really super meta? And it's like the dinosaur suit, a metaphor for Kurt's relationship with Blaine, and that like he found it and he put it on, and then he was like he took it off, and then he put it back on, and. <laughs> Yeah, my God, it's the most amazing meta I've ever heard. (laughs) But is it it meta commentary? Because, like, at various points we hear Kurt talk about how they're an old married couple and, like, dinosaurs are really, really old and, like, extinct now. Or, but then we go into season (laughs) six where they're, like, but then we get into season six when they're, like, too young to get married. Make up your bloody mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And I love the looks on their faces when it comes back to reality. They're like, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> they're like, let's skip around. All right, so let's talk. This is a this is an interesting one to talk about um, because I have I actually have such conflicting thoughts, feelings about this one. Okay. Um, Question. Sorry, would hold on, I'm going to choke to death. And Santana in the original script. No, I don't. That would have been better. But it would have been better, would, but I don't think so. It would have been better. Because, like, part of me is happy it was the Santa Twins, but also some of me wanted me, like, Blaine Tanner because we never got enough of Blaine and Santana. I feel, yeah. Anyway. I mean, oh, that would – you mean instead of Brittany? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Blaine – would it have been Blaine? Because oh, Brittany was – Oh, that Santana was hilarious. Like, this, was this originally written? And then the line about being lesbian makes more sense with it being Santana. That, yeah. That would and it makes to me like the whole like sleeping together, starting an art gallery makes more sense as a Blaine and Santana thing. That would have been hilarious. I think it's funny as it is. It's it's yeah. my two cents, just starting out there. I think the scene is hilarious. I think it's just so darn funny. They play it up the exactly. Yeah. I do side eye. People have said this before, and I do side. I, I understand it that you know Blaine and Brittany are allowed to be half naked in bed with each other talking about sex. And they were never allowed to do that with the respective, you know, same-sex partners. Mm-hmm. I'm just nodding, I, like, yep. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. I put that down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but so to an like, extent, like, that's not necessarily the writers. That's a whole lot of other shit yeah, that's exactly. going on. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And, and I always said, Glee has been able to do sex when it's funny. Like, think about the yeah. gross Terry and Will yeah. stuff, but it's always been under yeah. comedy. They don't yeah. do sex like explicit like nudity stuff when it's not comedy. Mm, um, yeah. The only thing that's close I can think of is um, like a virgin in season one, but that's the only thing that I can think of yeah. that's not comedic. That's but even then, parts of that episode are played for laughs, like yeah. not all of them. Yeah. So but I, but yeah, the like, it's and hilarious. they're fully clothed still too. I mean, it's not like they're in that in this season one stuff is so. Yeah, and yeah. I, like, I don't think it's a thing because, like, even when Finn and Rachel were in bed in um, I Do, they were, like, yeah, yeah they were close. And that was a serious moment and they were half She, close. like, got under the doona before she took her bra off. And, like, exactly. Yeah. And he was never on the – like, he was never in bed with her. Like, she was yeah. under the covers. She takes it off. And then yeah. he kind of, like – but they've never shown together. And even the Santana and Quinn stuff, they were both very, like, covered. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So – I still side eye it a little bit, but I do yeah. think it's funny too. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I'm glad it's that hilarious. it's there as a comedy bit. I wish that this other context didn't make me side eye it. I guess. Yeah. The side the side eye I get is the fact that they still can't say bisexual. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, you're mostly and lesbian. That might have been the fact uh. that it was originally Santana. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. And it was originally Santana. I do think it would be even funnier if it And that would have taken it to a whole other level if it was Brain and Santana. Yeah. Um, But even that, like, after the fate, the looks that we get between Brittany and Blaine afterwards is hilarious. Because, like, Brittany's like, I'm down with it. And then he's just like, no. No, no, not doing that. I will say, correct me if I'm wrong, I have a feeling we saw parts of this in either a promo or an episode still, and people lost their fucking minds. I think why. Yeah, I was like, wow. yeah, I'm sure they, I mean, can you imagine Probably. the, yeah, if you're going to do a promo, I'd throw that in there because without context, it looks yeah, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 100%. But then that's literally like people, even barring that outrage, literally the first thing that people went with, why are they allowed to be on the, yeah. the cover? But I think that's fair. I mean, especially fair. with, you know, the show has been trying to make strides about, you know, LGBT <laughs> conversations. And throwing it out there, like, they were never allowed to be naked with each other. It's a fair thing. Even if that's not even the writer's intention, and it's obviously a comedy bit, and it's obviously they're not actually sleeping together, and it it's, is still a fair criticism. Like, you can't, yeah. like, throw that out there and not, you know. Yeah. So. And I'm just thinking about, real quickly, the, the most overtly kind of sexual thing with Kurt and Blaine is actually Tina's fantasy, which was also comedy. Like when she yeah. walks in on them and they're making out and they're kind of like, obviously they're not like he's friends not straddling him, but like that they're is, in a they're in a bed and it's like yeah, yeah. but it's also Blaine still has one foot on the floor yeah yeah that's true so <laughs> sounds um, like you've, you've you've watched that scene a couple times <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even just the gif I don't know <laughs> the gif of oh, the <laughs> I mean, this is totally, totally, totally off topic. Um, it was like really late at one night. I was texting with my brother on Facebook and I kept throwing things at him to like make him uncomfortable. And then I threw that at him because it just had come out. I'm like, you're having, and he didn't bother him at all. But he's like, what are you, like, why are you sending me random weird gifs of men making out? I was like, it was from Klee. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is, you can explain anything away, depending on, like, my family too. It's from Klee. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway. Um, anyway, so kind of moving on that, um, past that. Wait, wait, that, get... that was the line where, um, um, just at the end of that, I can't remember who says it, but somebody's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like they're reading through this script and Artie's like, this monologue goes on for like eight pages. Oh yeah. And it's I, and coffee. After that's, the next scene. Yeah. After the, yeah. It's after the coffee rave. rave. So they, they have the coffee oh, yeah, rave. Okay. okay yeah. Yeah. And I love that it says knits or what does it say on her no, it's big, DJ? Big knits. <laughs> <laughs> name is Big Nits. Oh dear. And so, like, Rachel is like, she's got this like tear that's like, I don't know what she's got on her face, but it's like lit up in blue. And and I love the plates trying to give her coffee. <laughs> like, here, have some coffee. And Sam's just like running around and dancing in the background. Now, here's a question: Why isn't Mercedes in this scene? Maybe this scene was added after Naya got cut. Might have. I wonder if, like, Mercedes... But that's she's, why not I think. In, she's not in any of these script stuff. Yeah. No, it maybe oh. That's why I think maybe if Santana saw, had... Sorry for what it was. It was like, like, no. But I'm, I'm guessing Santana and Mercedes had a plot line that was cut. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Santana was in these scenes and they got cut. Or maybe they both were and when... I don't know when they go when they had to reshoot them. Like Amber they wasn't available. I don't know. 
I don't know. Or maybe Mercedes for, saw it for what it was and was just yeah. like, no, I'm not going to. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm rehearsing for my shopping center tour. Yeah. And that's when Artie, well, okay, what, does Kurt have any lines when he comes in? Or he yeah, because what like, what's going on? And he's like, it's a rave. It's a coffee rave. He's like, what? He's like, why coffee? No one's here. It's the worst coffee rave ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, Chris in this episode. I love I love the glow sticks that like Artie has on his hands and like flames <laughs> <laughs> <Blaine> glasses. <laughs> I just love it's like Artie. He's like this paragraph has no punctuation. It goes on for pages. <laughs> Oh, I wish there had been more. I, I can't believe it's only three scenes. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, that's the delightful script. I would watch that show. <laughs> Bernie would have watched that show. Yeah. Just, keep stopping, right? As it gets good. <laughs> um, and I love Artie's like, you got to do something about this script, girl. <laughs> and it's like, right, like, Rachel, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be my show or no show at all. It's like, how much pull does she think she has in Hollywood? <laughs> Apparently a lot. <laughs> oh she's my the, goodness. She's just meant to be like the Lena Dunham character, then like maybe. <laughs> she does have a bit of sway. But like, yeah. I need to know what things she's actually created before I believe you. Yeah. Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> like, Rachel, Rachel thinks that she's going to control what the show's about. And we clearly <laughs> see that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so yeah, that kind of moves us into um, our reconciliation scene on the steps. Birds. Blaine, oh. Blaine is horny for birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, after yeah. all of this conversation last night that everybody had about the stupid Pavarotti fic, <laughs> I shouldn't even be bringing out. <laughs> oh no, don't do it! <laughs> You posted that like ages ago. Like, don't read this. And I read it. I was like, oh my God. I posted that last night. Or I I guess yesterday morning. Why did you do that? Oh, read it. You don't read it. I know what it's about. (laughs) I don't need to read it. I was more more traumatized. That same author. Why am I doing this? But you just need, oh, it's so wrong. I feel dirty having read it. Yeah, I was in the same place. I like was like morbid curiosity. I was like, "What is this?" It's a, it's like a fandom, right? Really, because yeah. when I came in, like, and people were like, "Don't read this fic," and so I, of course, like like, and I skimmed it. I didn't actually, but I was like, "What? What?" Oh, it's called for, for our listeners, for maybe the five of you that don't know or don't follow me. Uh, it's called the Pavarotti Protocols. I do don't not recommend it. it. Don't read it. Don't read it. Do not understand. <laughs> do it no but like the thing like when that was written was that like was it written as a joke or was it like legit it was off of the glee kink meme yeah of course it was and so i'm pretty sure it was legit yeah that's also, pop- also right because i think you posted this as well that also that author also wrote the cannibal fake didn't yeah you? the cannibal uh, which is more disturbing to me actually because <laughs> i've he, not read the cannibal one yeah he he literally eats curve alive he keeps cuts intestines like they're pasta or something. Oh, what I do. <laughs> I also haven't read that one, but I know where that one is. Like, what's the I context of that? Do you just sit down and start eating? Or have they, Very like... Oh, the whole... <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking what's about this? 
his motivation in that? Like, <laughs> to eat food, to eat Kurt, literally. He was hungry. <laughs> motivation is hunger. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And then we have given those picks more times. It's canon. Yeah. Uh, I said Blaine has a bird fetish. It's he does. Oh, it is yeah. canon. Okay. Yeah. And, so, Kurt and Kurt knows that if he uses bird metaphors, it's going to work. <laughs> Let's start our really serious conversation talking about Bumblefoot. Um, <laughs> Bumblefoot. And how does Blaine know that humans can't get it? Because <laughs> Blaine knows about birds. Yeah, because Blaine knows about birds. He's well researched in his kinks. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Does it, no, seriously, right. does anybody know what Bumblefoot is? I don't know what Bumblefoot is. Uh, it's a, a bird disease. Well, I figured it was a bird disease. I will say, speaking of feet, and I, I, someone only pointed this out later in like one of the stills, is that I'm assuming oh, it's is, like what? a microphone or something is around like Kurt's foot, but it sort yeah. of looks like <laughs> like a what to like a police collar thing. <laughs> That's because Kurt's wanted for murder. Haven't you guys, uh, didn't you know that way back when it was like serial killer Kurt? Before it was yes, serial yes, killer was, yeah, yeah. It was a thing, yeah. yeah Bumblefoot is a bacterial infection and inflammatory reaction on the feet of birds, rodents, and rats. No wonder it. Blaine was turned on. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, this has been the podcast, guys. It's like... <laughs> I was going to go with the Pavarotti protocol, but whatever. They do like, they, <laughs> like, they do like doctor patient role play. What seems to be the problem? I have bumblefoot. <laughs> like, I didn't know that you could get bumblefoot. <laughs> you can, you can, if you're okay. I was going to say if you're having sex with birds, but then I went Pavarotti project and nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you just solidified it. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's get Let's get into the meat of this. Okay. Serious conversation. <laughs> We're only halfway through the episode, guys. Um, all right. Who wants to start? All right. <clears throat> so we get Kurt sitting down and um I start saying about like not doing the showcase because like Kurt's more important to him yeah. than anything else. Maybe. I understand um, it was interesting for this conversation that this time around when Blaine had screwed up, he he wasn't kind of bombarding Kurt with kind of gifts or apologies. He kind of waited for Kurt to come to him and Kurt yeah. kind of came Blaine and approached the situation, the conversation. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, and I, I think that he's kind of delivering, uh, debating in his head whether he wants to do it. I mean, Kurt's obviously mad. And he doesn't know if, like, he wants to go through it. Maybe he can just, you know, whatever. And, yeah. He, and Kurt comes to... I mean, it's not been that long. It's not like... It's been at um, least three months. a day. A couple days, yeah. Um, and I like that Kurt comes... To, I, I like that Kurt has come to him and is, like, cooled yeah. off. And mm-hmm. says, you know... Like, gave him space. And yeah. yeah. Which is okay, a big... I, which... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't appreciate that Blaine is willing. Like, it's very romantic that he's willing to give up this opportunity for Kurt, but at the same time, it's like, no, don't. 
I think yeah. that's something well, that Blaine needed to learn, though. Yeah, because, I know. I mean, I feel like... Because Kurt's not going to let him do that. Like, Kurt <laughs> says to him, you know, I, I was mad at you. And the way I was talking about the thing, you know, of course I was going to be mad about it. Because I wasn't being honest completely about, you know, how I felt about it. But um, at the end of the day, I am so proud of you. And, and it, you, it's your turn to fly. Um, but like I mean like before he says when he starts with the whole Mm -hmm. flying metaphor and then he's like that relationships are like that you sort of you give your heart to somebody you tell yourself you're safe but you never know if today or tomorrow is going to be the day that they drop it like a stone Mm -hmm. which is going to be what he does yeah it's kind of crazy that it's foreshadowing that way because when you really think about this scene and you bring it to the breakup. It, it, it's take. It took me a long time to kind of reconcile it. But I kind of look at it back when we were talking about when Blaine back in dance with somebody says, you know, talk to me, Kurt. Don't cheat on me. And then he goes off and he cheats on Kurt. I feel like that's a similar thing. Where Blaine or Kurt is like, look, we have to trust that we've got each other's backs in this, and I'm going to trust and love you through everything. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna break it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I just I, again, I, I, so, oh, my dog is barking. Sorry, I find so many callbacks. Oh, hang on, sorry, someone just walked in. Um, oh. there's so many interesting callbacks. Um, because the other one is that, like, obviously, the learning to fly part is like a literal callback to Blackbird. Like, mm-hmm. Kurt learned this lesson way back when in like original song, and now mm-hmm. it's like however many episodes later, and it's finally like Blaine's turn. But I, but I will say, yeah, again, this is this was the scene that really said to me this whole conversation about trust is, like, them finally dealing with their breakup baggage for the first time. Yeah. Right. I, I do remember what I was going to say. I think that even starting in season three with the conversations about Kurt going off to New York, et cetera, they have – you know what? I'm going to go back all the way to season two. Starting in Born This Way when Kurt goes back to McKinley, the two of them have never been fully on the same page – like they've just been a little tiny bit off. Like they had this like lovely honeymoon era of being friends and then boyfriends in McKinley or at Dalton. And then ever since that, just they've been in different kind of points in their lives and in different places. And it, and they have finally worked their way back to each other in season six. So I feel like it has been one long, big arc that they've been following. Well, it's like yeah. that line from Tested where Blaine, I think it's Tested where Blaine says it always, it always felt like I was trying to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. even when they're in the same place, like they're in the same place at Dalton and then Kurt went back to McKinley. So Blaine followed into McKinley, but it never felt like they were like, he, like on the same level because Blaine was separated by the age and then they were separated by distance again. Like they just, it just constantly feels like the two of them have never, as you say, they're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, you know, I had an interesting uh, thing in my notes now that I'm actually reading them. Um, that Kurt, when he sits down, he is very physically distant. His arms are crossed. He's just like kind of separate. And then when Berlaine says outright to him that the showcase doesn't mean anything without Kurt, he actually visibly relaxes when he hears it. And I think there's just like these tiny things that like, he needs to hear. He needs the reaffirmation that Blaine does really actually love him. I know he doesn't show it 
that often. I know it's just really kind of subtle, but it is something that is there on Kurt's end. Well, I I noticed a similar thing in that obviously he's got his arms crossed, and again, this harkens back to the the time we spent watching for the ring. You don't actually Mm -hmm. see the engagement ring for a lot of this this scene until like Mm -hmm. until they they sort of like sort of him, and I feel like yeah, and it feels sort Mm -hmm. of like that was like a like a choice. Yeah. Well, I kind of liked about this conversation just because me, um, Izzy had told me how about watching the breakup before this one. Mm -hmm. Is that this conversation, it really feels like it kind of reminds us that Blake's absolutely not on that pedestal anymore. Like, Kurt's in a place where he recognizes Blaine can make mistakes and that he is human. Um, Mm -hmm. and Kurt wants to put in the work and he's trying. Yep. Exactly. Um, but again, you say Blaine's not on the pedestal and yet Kurt's still on the highest step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> again, no, I think point. that it, it, it kind of, I think, just had to do with the way that the scene was filmed and all that yeah. does. Like, I don't yeah. think it was a purpose. I don't think it was done on purpose, but it is just something that I read from it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's been the case all along. Like, Blaine put Kurt. Kurt put Blaine on a pedestal and Blaine put Kurt on the highest step and he hasn't yet stepped down from that yet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, a couple of other points. I want to say that, um, oh, I just read it in my notes. Where'd it go? Clearly I'm the most organized host here. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll go. Oh, uh, the first thing is, first of all, Kurt says that I'm going to I'm going to um, trust and love you through everything. And I just want to point out and I guess we'll get to this more in season six that Kurt doesn't break this one promise in that he always loves Blaine. Like that has never, ever been even through the you know stuff that's going on in season six. He's he always loves Blaine. And I think doesn't lose that here that too. Yeah, he keeps that trust even like the breakup isn't about trust. Yeah, no, that's what I. Not. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, so they finally close the door on this whole trust issue. That's not the reason they break up in season six. It's a completely separate issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yep, exactly. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out: there's this kind of. Well, while we talk a lot about this as being the the closure of the breakup stuff, it is the closure of this arc of the June stuff. Mm -hmm. And there is something kind of underlining here that I don't see people talk about a lot. So I'm going to see what you guys think about it. But you know. June has been like, you know, Kurt isn't good enough. He isn't, you know, what anybody wants to see. He doesn't want. And and Kurt has been told that his entire life. So I think mm-hmm. that's another underlining issue, um, a little, another insecurity that kind of brought about this particular argument that uh, his entire life, Kurt has been told that he isn't what people want. And blaine kind of saying you know i want you in this is something that is reassuring to kurt and i don't know i just think it's another aspect to layer it's kind of like the season three tony stuff when he you know uh, um he he wants tony but he doesn't get it but blaine gets it so he gives blaine flowers and tells him he's amazing it's kind of the same thing he's still you know kurt is not he doesn't flowers but he's still like I think you're amazing and I still want you to be the best person that you can be, even if, you know, it isn't, you know, even though I'm still going through my own insecurities of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I find that interesting. People often like to crucify Blaine for accepting a part of Tony, but that's because Kurt like encouraged him to. 
mm-hmm. like you know um I just yeah I'm still mad that people get mad about that like I get it, it but it's not Blaine's fault don't blame blame don't yeah. blame blame for that in the same way that in this moment Blaine is tr- trying as hard as he could to make his lie a reality he just mm. couldn't do it yeah. yeah the thing is like Kurt was always happy for Blaine and this June Dalton sort of thing I mean like mm-hmm. he, when after the first performance you could tell that he was you know, upset, but when he's helping Blaine getting ready and and after, like, bef- well before Blaine even told the lie, Kurt was a support. There was no indication that Kurt was pissed yeah. off at Blaine because right. he, he got this thing. Um, and he's always – sorry, what was that, Lauren? I kind of – with the performances, like, I, I didn't like the – there was sometimes this commentary about the fact that Kurt didn't like that Blaine was getting – either solos or opportunities like this way back until season three. And I felt like these moments show that Kurt is always in Blaine's corner. Like he's always supporting him and he's always happy yeah, for him. I freaking loves watching Blaine perform. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind we of hate always- that one line dance with somebody that he throws yeah, out during the argument yeah. because people clung to that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just something Kurt said because he was pissed off. It has yeah, nothing exactly. to do with that. How, like it really isn't how he really feels. And Anytime uh, he watches Blaine perform, he's lit up and he's loving it and it's just, yeah, he loves watching his man do it. Unless it's at a piano and it's a bad, sad song. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's immediately like, like oh, no. <laughs> Unless Blaine, Blaine is serenading him sadly from a piano, yeah, <laughs> and from from anything in the future, no crying at a piano, Blaine. You know, and um, you guys were talking about the ring, but you know, it's it amazes me that it's a, this particular moment that I'm going to talk about is a split second on screen because it's been gifed so many times. Oh, I know, it's so hug gorgeous. Is, that hug but is that so hug, awkward, but that moment is like super sweet. <laughs> like it's it really very is, weird. and it's it, it, it. But when you when you pause it and you have it in that just split second, and it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous photo. And that's he, when when Kurt brings his hand up. I mean, the ring is in frame, mm-hmm. um, and it it does kind of show them. Um, you know, it comes back together, and and it's really, it's just such a really beautiful split second because it's literally just a split second. Yeah. So, and I think it's like it's not awkward for them because Kurt probably knows that Blaine loves his neck, and so he's just like <laughs> gets it. He knows. So, like, yeah, have at it. Um, talking about the end of the scene, I have I have a, a, some two cents if you guys would um indulge me for a second. I hate the end of the scene. Um, and. Yep. Is this the bit with with Kurt being like Blaine being like I'm the luckiest guy in the world? Yeah. Well, I don't my, okay. like it either. <laughs> I'll explain what happens, and then I want to tell you what if I was the director, what I would have done because I blame direction on this, because um, they went for a comedic ending instead of an actual whatever. So yes, mm-hmm. we get you know Blaine first of all saying I don't know if it's the birds, but I'm turned on. What the hell? <laughs> what does that even mean? He has a it's a for him. A bear fetish. Okay. And he's playing with Kurt's collar, which I think is kind of cute. But then, and then Kurt, I do like that Kurt's like, okay, let's go inside. Like, I'm totally and here Blaine for sex. Just, like, throws the flashlight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So that part, I, that bit, I think I do like uh, that. It's then they run up the stairs. The angle on the kiss is super weird because you don't really see it. And then Kurt has that stupid line of, you know, I'm the luckiest guy, or you're the luckiest, or Blaine says I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And Kurt's like, yep, 
And I'm, I'm, this is dumb. So if I was directing it, you know, in that, what did I say? In between, Blaine even says, you know, I don't know about you, but all this bird talk is turning me on. And then you could have them do an actual romantic kiss. And then Mm -hmm. Kirk can say, you know, let's go inside. And he can be a little bit dreamy about it. And then I didn't, and I said in my notes, I didn't even change the dialogue. I mean, you could even keep the stupid luckiest guy in the world thing, but like the way they framed it, the way they, they did the actual scene blocking, I think is, is bad. Um, I would have just changed it to, to put a like more romantic ending on that. Personally. You know what distracted me most about this scene, and I feel like it's one thing that they could have added that would have made the whole thing make a little bit more sense to me, is that this whole conversation is about, like, it's talking about birds and flying away. I feel like at the end of the scene, I needed a shot of the birds that Blaine was feeding flying away. <laughs> oh, that would have been interesting. You know, like, that. I, I feel like that. This, that's what the scene was missing, to me, at oh, least. We could have... <laughs> Like at the end of Greece and Kurt and Blaine fly up into the air themselves. Well, I mean, that would have worked too. I mean, it's I guess it's symbolize, them it's flying to symbolize the stairs, them having but... orgasms, like whatever. <laughs> I, I will say, I do appreciate how quickly Kurt gets up and is like, yep, let's have sex. Let's go. Yeah. It's been four days. <laughs> um, this is just something that I wanted to point out in before, previous to this is that, again, oh, sure. this, this entire scene is like Blaine's apologizing and then Blaine thanks Kurt for like saying that he trusts him. And I'm like, thank him. Like that's sort of implied in your relationship. (laughs) But I think then like, uh, and then it's capped off with that dumb line about I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And instead of saying something super romantic, Kurt's just like, yeah, I'm like, because that's because they were going for comedy and it's just stupid. I know, but it makes me mad. For me, that thank you. That is like, because through this entire scene, he's terrified. And you see in his face, he's terrified and he's scared that he's stuffed things up again. And those thank yous is just, to me, just complete and utter relief that he's realized in himself, Mm -hmm. okay, I haven't actually stuffed this up again. So it's not necessarily like just. There's, you know, to me, that's just him going. Oh, you can just sort of see yeah. the the him deflate. You know, he's been so. I don't know it just goes to me the wrong way. I'm not sure. I well, I and then I think that's partly going into season six. And I, if I remember correctly, and I, it's been a while, I don't think Blaine apologizes or says thank you like that or like does does any kind of he doesn't doesn't, they are on equal terms when season six and he even pushes back at kurt which i think kurt appreciates well kurt appreciates it um and they are on equal footing again um which is it's good Uh, yeah there is still that weird kind of power dynamic in the scene Mm -hmm. that's it's frustrating again underscored by the fact that they're still in the scene with like kurt being on the higher ground um I don't know. And as I said, they, like, they, we come, like, this all comes full circle and it gets resolved. But I feel like yeah. this is putting a pin in things, but obviously things are still going to explode. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's foreshadowing that there, there are still issues here. There's yeah. Still, yeah. And what do you guys, I mean, now that we've kind of reached the end of the scene, how do you feel about the scene leading up into season six? Because I know, like I said earlier, for me, it took a long time to reconcile this, you know, obvious of commitment from Kurt to him completely saying, you know what, maybe I, I, I don't want to marry you. And I've gotten there, but I just wondered how you guys feel about it. Well, I mean, I, I think I did, I've talked, I think I talked about this on one of the other podcasts 
and I don't think you put it in there, which is fine because it was completely off topic. And I, I was saying how there are moments, especially in season five, where I, I felt like there was just some choices that were being made that put me on edge whenever Kurt and Blaine had a scene together that never made me feel fully comfortable with, like, what they – like, I always felt like there was just something not there. And I think it's most apparent at the end of Tested um, – that scene, they're obviously not on the same page. So while mm-hmm. I was really angry about the fact that they did break up, when I saw it, like Sixer, like Loser Like Me is one of my favorite episodes. And I agree, mm-hmm. you've mentioned that you think it's a better episode than the breakup. And I agree with you. It's definitely a far better episode than the breakup. Mm-hmm. And I watched it a lot when it first aired. So like, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but well, I, it didn't take me very long to reconcile the end of this episode with that one. I feel like... When go, I feel like there's an under, and I, how do I put this? Because I, there's, it's, it's kind of skirting around a conversation I don't really want to have. There is a lot of talk <laughs> uh, uh, about Chris. Okay. Yeah, that, we had, we've I, had this conversation. I know, and I cut it out when I. I yeah, you did. I'm, I'm kind That's of saving fine. it. I'm kind of saving it for. I, I really want to address it and hit the nail on the head with it. But um, what I will say is that I don't necessarily agree that Chris's acting and his issues with whatever was going on bled through. I think that there's a definite. I think they told Chris what was going on and up to season six because i know they had conversations with all of them and he played it that way and i do think the underlining uncomfortableness of it leads to season six actually really well Yeah, it really does and yeah I, because when season six comes along i feel like i see a kurt who knows that he fucked up and mm-hmm. knows yep. that and it feels like but he still really loves blaine and, and everything between the two of them does not have that underlying irritation to it no it really doesn't yeah i agree with you like there's a completely different thing going on between the two seasons which is why like as much as i say like i feel like i hold my breath watching some of these episodes in season five i don't do the same thing in season six yeah, yeah. i mean I can about like at the time when we were watching we didn't know what was coming and so true we like a lot of that commentary exists from the time when we wanted the we wanted the positivity and we wanted these yeah. to kind of make themselves right. We didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. Lol. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, in terms, like you're right. Like I still remember. Yeah, tested in terms of like their relationship. That was the episode that left me feeling like, oh shit, this is you know they might not make it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And in terms of, and then as you said, like in hindsight, everything makes complete sense. But exactly. in this scene, Kurt is literally telling us what is going to happen. You know, you never right. know today tomorrow is going to be the day that they drop it like a stone. And um, it will slip up, and we will be scared. But I choose to trust and love you through everything. He's telling us exactly. You know, he is. He's going to get scared. He will slip up. He's <laughs> going to drop it like a stone. Yep, and, and 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 it's own, and then Blaine sort of saying either we fly together or we don't fly at all. He himself still has to learn. Like he still hasn't learned from New New York that right. You, you have to you the two of them have to forge their own paths before they mm-hmm. can really be together. So it makes a lot of sense in terms of where they will end up in the future. Right, so, and I know. Okay. Um. A lot of people were like, oh, they were really happy with, with Clayne by the end of it. And, yeah, I'm not saying like, yeah. it does end in a, on a good note. It definitely does. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I appreciate the stuff that they went through in season six because that basically solidifies that they're going to be fine and live yeah. happily ever after. To me, I know a lot. There are some people that feel completely opposite. But um, for me, well, it just works. Yeah. 
Well, like, that's why talking about this, while I think it would have been fine as a series finale, it would have left me wanting more. Yes, yeah. definitely wanting right. more. There are things, like, there are things that are unresolved at the end of this yeah. um, that they do end up addressing in season six. And again, I, I told you, like, I rewatched parts of it last night, and I know everybody gets angry because, like, it feels like the wedding episode is not doesn't live up to its full potential. But everything leading up to that is, like, yeah, a really well-told story. It's just, like, they couldn't quite get the execution. Well, right. and, and we'll talk more about the wedding episode when we when get there. Get but my, it, yeah. my quick thing, my only thing about that is that resolution scene was too short. Like, if they had yeah. made that a longer thing. And if, oh, and my, and Curtin didn't have, and, and it just, it's because of the storytelling thing. He didn't have a catalyst to kick him off. And then there was one written and it was written yeah. in the script. So like when he is, Brittany is like going on about her wedding and, and Kurt kind of gets all dreamy, but like, oh yeah. And it's kind of that kick in the butt. Like, Hey, all this stuff, Blaine likes me again. I'm going to go off and run off and tell Walter, I'm not going to date him. And I want to go. And, but you don't see the process because like, for whatever reason, they cut that little bit with mm-hmm. Brittany and it kind of falls apart a little bit but everything leading up to that moment I watched, <laughs> went back and like watched that like they're telling a really interesting like they're telling a story that i love to read in fan fiction which is like yeah the moment leading up to that reunion and yeah, the bit yeah. with blaine in that choir it's just it's just amazing they just like fell over right at the end but yeah. whatever that's what fan fiction is for exactly and it's yeah. not that bad i mean they only had, they only had 13 episodes yeah yeah well, I didn't even the way, I mean, yeah, I wanted more out of the wedding episode too. I was actually more upset we didn't get like a first dance. I'm like, why are they freaking sitting on the side? But whatever. Okay, we, this like, this is something that I spoke to that I said when we, we when we had our little Glee rewatch, and that was that. Um, and I pointed this out because we watched a lot of this actually happens in season four. We get mad that we missed out on a lot in the wedding, and sure, that's we definitely did. But you can piece together their perfect wedding from things we've already seen. Yeah, they've already between, they've already. Between come what may, between the dance that they have and I do where Blaine's face literally breaks mm-hmm. my heart and the, the dancing in Prom Queen, where you can hear Blaine's vows. Kurt's are a little bit light, but his vows are there in the actual episode. Like, you can piece together their perfect wedding. You can, on top of that, the proposal was the spiritual yeah. wedding. Yeah. It, it, that was their wedding. I would say the one thing that I needed was Kurt to, to be the one to do the big proposal. Well, not even the big proposal, but for him to have the big speech. That's what I think yeah. I thought yeah. was lacking. And I'd argue that that's not Kurt's style. Um, I, I, I yeah. really appreciate him kind of just breaking down and being very open and saying, look, at the end of the day, I still love you. I, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it's I know he doesn't apologize. And I know that's a big thing for Blaine fans. Uh, but he, he is saying when he comes in there, like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. I want to be with you again. And I just so, needed to hear him say the line. And this I know. Kind of thing. And wanted him to be like, I'm auditioning for the role of your husband. That would have been a perfect callback. <laughs> <laughs> like, come, this, show, this show is actually really good. Like, I think this conversation that we were having before about the whole arc of season five leading into season mm-hmm. six, I was going to say, like, it sounds like we're giving the writers credit. Imagine that. I know. Um, they're actually pretty good at making callbacks to things when they really want to. See that stuff we were talking I, about? I even think me. they're not even bad about lane. It's just that they don't show process. They'll show these big things. Like with the, the New York arc, oh, I know we wanted a lot more of these 
you know, quieter moments between Kurt and Blaine, and we just didn't get them, which was made the more unsettling aspects more unsettling, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's what but it was, yeah. The, that's Glee just doesn't show that. I mean, that's just not... Uh, if you're going to be like that, it's going to be like season three and you're in the background. Uh, I mean... Yeah. It's unfortunately it was all or nothing with this show, and the show I feel preferred like conflict to like showing the quiet these soft, moments. Yeah, soft yeah. quiet yeah. moments. Yeah. I remember that there was this some um, great diagram and kind of commentary someone <laughs> made about how Glee exists in like the build up to conflicts and that kind of top upper tier of like a surrounding conflict, but it doesn't do like the beginning of it and the resolutions for that well like the- no they don't i agree with that and like for example um glee doesn't really like telling breakup stories i mean i know obviously there's an episode called the breakup but they don't they they want to they tell want the story after getting back wanna, together yeah mm-hmm. they want to show a story about getting back together and they do that with all of their mm. couples um as much as you everybody hates it when i say hey it's they're like wema like this and everybody's like no um there's parallels guys i'm sorry there's parallels <laughs> and i mean they i mean finchel and and both finchel and wema broke off their engagement yeah i mean it was kind of it, it really should have saw this coming so <sighs> and again once again we're talking about how like the seeds were sown of this breakup um by like tested and then well, we always talk well, about how the seeds that. Of the orig- yeah but I, we always talk about how the seeds of the, the first break the first breakup was thrown in like the pebble piano project like yeah. when blaine's are like you know me transferring is going to lead to a horrible nasty breakup like what happens <laughs> yeah i still say that scene with the lesbians way back in season four yeah when they said you know we got we broke up twice we got back together twice yeah. I, I still say that was foreshadowing yeah 100 <laughs> percent awesome all right so um i've kind of covered what i wanted to say i don't want to like make sure you guys got a chance to say what you guys wanted to say about that scene yep yeah okay is there anything else i like how kurt's the one that initiates their kiss as weird as it's filmed yeah it it is nice i mean like i said I, i appreciate that kurt's like ready to have sex and gonna kiss him and stuff like that. It's just awkwardly filmed. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I can't... Uh, I think we're always ready to have sex. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we want that. I, I also like... <laughs> I also like how, okay, the... the uh, this this was also the the time the time period in which we ha- we're getting a lot of behind the scenes content. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mia. And, um, yeah, thank you, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was the scene where they did that that thing with the the button, oh, the and that was such a cute behind oh, the scenes. Because yeah. Chris with- is like, I'm always right, and then Darren presses the wrong button, and Chris is like, Hey, wait a minute, that's just so <laughs> cute. <laughs> I want more content. <laughs> there's another one um, where I think it's, I don't remember somebody who said it or why they, I just remember like it's with Shirley McLean and a Darren. Oh, and yeah. Darren keeps yes. throwing looks at Mia like, Mia, yeah, she talked <laughs> to the mafia. She was friends with the mafia. <laughs> and he's so excited. And you can hear the behind the scenes of this episode because I think he's in that little tux. And she's in the blackout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it could have been. I know because it looks like they're they're in the um. Well, it could have been the yeah, that with the back of the other performance. And yeah, I think the Janet Joplin one. Janet Joplin, what it's called. Yeah. But anyway, I just think it's funny because you can totally, like, you can hear Mia giggling and, like, he's like, Mia, Mia, but he's not actually talking. And <laughs> just sort yeah, of like, just oblivious. <laughs> but yeah, this this was like the Blaine Busters thing. And it's like, 
My favorite oh. is, I, I get a rewatch this where it's like, <laughs> Taryn is like, I got a question for you. So think about it. Who does Chris Colfer play? And it's just like, he lists through all of the options. It's just so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's really two bad. of them because there's one um, that they did the first After, time, and it was it was after uh, um, it was while they were filming the Broadway Bash baby, one, Broadway, um, baby. Broadway baby, and the second one was this one, and, <laughs> and then Leah Leah's like, I'm gonna ask you questions, and Darren knows nothing, and then she's like, Don't look behind the camera for help. He's <laughs> like, Oh, there's like. Making eyes at me and like, help me. There's that one joke too that just didn't land about the dark night rises and like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> what night is dark night? Darren's like, Leah's like, what night. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. And Darren's like, it's dark night on Broadway. <laughs> oh man, such a gift. Um, so the next thing that we get is actually um, they're at the Spotlight Diner. Why is she still working? She's not actually. Why is she there? I, think she I don't took know. Took it there because they had the set, set available set. and they needed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Gonna- when's the last time we saw anybody actually working there? Back when back a plan when Santana was there. Um, and Sam never Kat, actually got a job. Kat there, did still, they? Kat was no, still they didn't. During backup plan, wasn't he? What? Was Kurt still working there during the backup plan? Wasn't he there at Old Dog New Tricks? He was, yeah, it was at Old Dog New Tricks. Oh, yeah, Old Dog New Tricks, he's working there. What am I, I just did that. What am I, (laughs) I'm losing it, That episode has other more important things to talk about. It (laughs) does. And we did. Um, (laughs) So, um, and yeah, so this is kind of where Rachel's telling Mary that, you know, Baby, you need to actually like hear me sing. And she's like, Oh god, no. <laughs> she's just like, yeah. I still um, have no idea how glitter in the air reveals Rachel Berry's essence. I, the, I, I was gonna ask the you. The only to be only line that that stuck with me was the line about, and I don't know the exact part of the song, but she talks about lassoing, lassoing the moon and the stars or whatever. Yeah. And firstly, that made me. Firstly, that made me think about that line about Finn and like I didn't know that there was like enough difference between like the moon and New York City. I forget the exact line. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing it made me think of, which made me a little bit sad, was the fact that Finn bought her a star and he named it after himself. Yeah, it's the oh. only thing that I could think of. Yeah, that stuff in retrospect, but, man. Anyway, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like I mean, like the first, you know, have you ever fed a lover with just your hand? It's like a poster. What your foot, Rachel? Like, what is- <laughs> What do you, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't know. I like, usually skip this scene. I'm not going to lie. I don't usually watch it. So I mean, she sounds <laughs> like she sounds nice enough on it, but it's just not interesting. And yeah. I will say I like the Mary Halloran line where it's like people want anti-heroes, chubby girls <laughs> who can't keep men and men who kill people. And then I wrote down, yeah, we do want men who kill people, especially when it wins them Emmy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> How many times am I going to talk about this in this episode? It hasn't been. I that think many. that's the first time you've you brought it up, though. I brought it up. Have, I brought up Chris Golden Globe. Golden Globe. To him, you have not been referring right. to him. Right. Proper him. title Emmy winner Darren Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can you, man. you go back and edit every time I mention Darren's name and just put Emmy <laughs> winner in front of it? Yeah, you guys are the Blaine stands that I hate. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> 
Hey, we've established <laughs> I am neither Blaine nor Kurt Stan. I play both sides. I'm there. I was actually, I actually finally figured out where I sit, and I was telling Izzy this the other day. I'm a Blaine Stan with a lot of Kurt fillings. Well, as you know, that's a nice thing, though. I mean, like. I know I play up the whole Kurt fan thing, but I love them both very much. Yeah. And like, I, one of the things that I hated back in the day when fandom was a thing is just like, it's very, you are a Blaine fan and you are a Kurt other. fan. I hated that. I'm like, why can't I be a fan of them both? And it felt like I was not allowed to be a fan of them yeah, both. Um, so I just like teasing about the demi thing that's all <laughs> i like i like for me it's like i'm i'm ostensibly like i love lane a lot and i think i forget how much i love kurt until i'm watching it again and i go oh wait i have a lot of feelings yeah. his face so like his face is so beautiful i don't yell my bb at his face like i do with blaine but i'm thinking it well and i think uh, like the reason i even came up with two daydream believers was that people who like both of them had a place that felt safe that they could go and not be harassed by whoever yeah. so that's for everybody to love everybody at least that's the point i i even had and i've like with the fa- fic part of it i'm like you can't put a fic up that is derogatory to one or the other but not in a like in a actual like you can't have a kurt bastion thing on there because and then, then it's mean to blame like you can't do that that's not part of the rules so i have i have feelings about those but that's also because a lot of those picks are mean to blame anyway yeah that's <laughs> exactly that's my point so but anyway back um, to Rick, back to rachel singing it shows I'll, her essence because it's a ballad and rachel sings a lot of ballads uh, <laughs> that's this is the part of the episode that does slow down a little bit because then we get the yeah. next scene with Sam and it's the whole photo shoot. And I, I'm just kind of tune out at this point. I get it. He, like, he's attracted to this girl, the Sorry, model. They do, they do keep I actually had an interesting one of Sam's couples being higher than the other. I do like that they've kept that consistency in the narrative. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the narrative is one of your nipples higher than the other. It's oh, <laughs> I actually, I actually had an interesting comment note about this scene. Is that it's interesting watching this scene again in like the Me Too era, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm reversed, and she is a female coming onto him, um, in this kind of professional environment. And that was really interesting watching that in the kind of the environment that we're in now. I thought that yeah. was yeah. 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 So like I didn't, wouldn't have thought twice about it at the time, and now I'm like, oh. Okay. It, it is uncomfortable. I mean, I know that he kind of is into it, but it's, it's still. Mm, she's well, what about very. The, do we need to get introspective on the whole? Like, what are you feeling? And Sam's like, well, if I was a soup, I would probably be in a stringy. Like, I do want to say, meanwhile, my very deep thought process behind this scene, I wrote, I've read this fic, except it's Kurt and Blaine, and they do have sex. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was my pretty sure I've read that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few of them, if I recall. Oh man. Um. Yeah, I don't. It's it, it's also interesting because they do kiss, and I like that they address in the next Mercedes Sam scene how they define cheating because for some people it is a kiss, for some people it's actually having sex, for some people it's emotional, like. Where you come up with the, you know, cheating, the boundaries of cheating is your, you know, boundaries. It's There's not a universal set of boundaries. I also, again, find it interesting in the context of the breakup 
in that if Mercedes consider doesn't consider kissing cheating, we're always gonna. I feel like we're always gonna sit here and go exactly what did Blaine do with that Eli guy? Well, they had sex. They had sex. But what? But no. But like, what? I know you're taking off a shirt, but like, what kind? Like, we're talking blowjobs. We're talking hand jobs. Like, what are we talking about here? Whatever your imagination wants. To yeah, do. I know, but that's what I meant. Like, why? Again, we another conversation. I feel like I would have loved to think and Blaine have and then a bad. I, you know what? I don't fault them for that. I think that they played it smart by not explicitly stating because of the, you know, it, Kurt says in Glee, it doesn't matter what you did. It's yeah. that you broke my trust, and that was ultimately, it. yeah. You, so that's my two cents on that. So, um, let's talk. Is there an idea of what happened, and if I think if they had explicitly said something happened one in one manner or the other, there would have been even more kind of almost yeah. like negativity around that. Mm-hmm. Like if there had been, if it was revealed the fact that they went all the way and there was consensual sex, you know, it would, it would be somehow be worse than if they hadn't. And then they all just you know talk about that, wank about that, and then. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's move into the breakup of Mercedes and Sam. And there's an interesting point about this breakup that I want to make um, about this Clayne breakup in season six, where Mercedes, so they start off this conversation about, like, Sam's feeling guilty because he kissed this other woman. And and that's when Mercedes is kind of like, you know what, we're going to have to break up. And it's something that I, again, I'm going to plug my fic, um, wrote about in the fic, where (laughs) Mercedes talks to to Kurt and, and basically says, look, I was, you know, trying to protect, like, this thing that I loved and didn't want it to break, so I broke it off with Sam because I love Sam and this was not a good timing for us and I was not going to be in a good place and he was not in a good place and we we have to be on the same page again. And that's essentially what Kurt did in a much more, in a less um, coherent and thought-out process in season six, but um yeah it's you know she says uh, like in my fic it's like you're not the only one that broke it off because you thought that was like protecting what you had with that person so that's my two cents well i i actually wrote down again uh, this is a, like another breakup that Clayne could have had and then i was like but then they did have it <laughs> Like, as you were just saying, like, they did. Like, I think I was more, I guess I'm still thinking back to the season four breakup, but they do. They do end up having this breakup. It's a slightly different set of circumstances, but it's a little little bit like um, this one is, like, actually, like, between the two of them is actually, like, really loving, like, the two of them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas it's not so much so. (laughs) But it's also, again, and, you know, I have this. I had this issue with Clean in the breakup, and, uh, you know, you could argue, even though I, I actually prefer the season six breakup, so I think it's fine, but uh, this breakup between Sam and Mercedes, along with the breakups with Finchel and Britanna in season four, feel a little more final. Like, this mm-hmm. is definitely an end. We're not going to continue it. Where Clean, both times, it's not, you know, this is the end. This is okay, this catastrophic thing happened and then we're going to tell you the story about how they get back together. Mm. And you can tell, you know, it is a very loving breakup. Um, I think they're the both actors did a great job in it. I think it, it really says something about their relationship that they were mature enough to do it. Um, but I also think it's final. I mean, obviously it left it, the door open for the future, 
Yeah, but, I didn't think – I thought they would – I honestly thought they were going to come back and get back together. But, yeah, you're right. So, same, yeah, same thing with – yeah. that There was this whole thing with the season four breakup where we all got quite mad that they didn't never had a conversation and I think Blaine even at one point says, I don't know if we're broken up or not. But that was obviously, they they, they didn't want any sort of finality yeah. um, about it. And I think this is something of all fix actually came from, it's a Blaine fic, I'm really sorry. But it's the fact that, you know, how Kurt promised he would never say goodbye to Blaine. And I feel mm-hmm. like he never did. And nope. in my mind, if they'd have had a conversation after that breakup, he would have said goodbye. And like he promised mm-hmm. he never would. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I appreciate that. And even in season six, yeah, they, they don't say goodbye to one another. Nope. If they'd done that, that would have been like a, a definite, like, that would finality. have been over. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have so. hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Any know. other <laughs> thoughts on, on <laughs> Sam and Mercedes? Just that I feel like they seem even young. They seem so mature in kind of the way that, Maybe that's coming from Mercedes. Mercedes seems really mature. Like, she's got a good mm. head on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. I just like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So. Less so Sam, but Mercedes definitely seems very mature. Oh, I agree completely. Oh. And, I, again, I wrote it down just because I was focusing on it on the whole episode. There's no, like, they both, there's no, like, level difference in this conversation they're both sitting down and they're on the same level as one another and I just couldn't help but notice it. Mm. Especially mm. given how Kurt and Blaine have not been. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means that things aren't fixed yet. And that's why Loser Like Me happened. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, let's get our showcase showdown. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. Okay, question. Why are they all dressed so casually when it's like this big fancy thing? That's what I said. Yeah, I was they, wondering they, that they too. They look so casual. I mean, like, yeah. Kurt's in his suit and everybody else is all, like, really dressed up. But, like, Rachel and Artie and Sam, they're all, like, totally casual. <laughs> and it confuses yeah. me. Me too. Now, why is is Brittany there? Yeah. I don't think. I don't think, I don't think she is. I don't know. I don't know. I it's so remember. weird. I can't even. I'm not. Just hanging out speak. with Mary Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who yeah. also is not there. <laughs> she makes um, more sense not being there than Brittany not being there. Yeah. yeah so. There just wasn't enough room at that table. Um, here's the thing about no time at all that I just want to quickly point out. You don't ever really get to see Kurt's reaction because I really tried to watch for it when I last time I did the meta through for it, but. You can see the back of his head, and he does, like, you know how he does that little shimmy thing, and he's, like, bobbing his head a lot? He does do that. It is there. He is having a good time. You just don't see the front of his face. And it drives me crazy sometimes that they don't, the editing of the show won't show Kurt like that, but he's doing it. I mean, it's, like, it's there. It's just from weird angles or the back or whatever. Whatever. Just grumpy. And then, and it's, like, during this song that, like, June sits on Artie's lap, and it's, like, no. (laughs) she doesn't she she has a cute moment i think with warner i think rachel has a cute moment with blaine and obviously june is having a moment with Artie. but i noticed that june like (laughs) doors kurt oh yeah well this is well it's after are we finished with no time at all 
I mean, unless there's something else you guys want. I do want to shout out to that weird grandma line. But anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> because this is, this is a, it's afterwards when, like, June's talking to, when I said earlier, like, this is the moment where she moves from, like, adversary. And this is the exact words that I wrote down to fucking bitch who needs to get the fuck out. Yeah. When she, she says, she's like, you're such a good friend to come and just rise above everything. Oh, and be yeah. Awesome really and I'm just like that that's the moment where she moves from just somebody who was there to create some conflict to like no nah, she's done yeah she needs yeah. to go because that was just nasty really really nasty and yeah. I didn't like that I wrote and two I, other oh sorry go. no no go ahead I was gonna say I wrote two other comments one I that I liked how Blaine was fake playing the piano and then they had another person come along to fake play the piano when they got I, know, I noticed that too. <laughs> and um, I wrote that Darren needs to get his art. Uh, oh, sorry, Emmy winner Darren Chris needs to get his art back on Broadway, please. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, I'm sure he will. Didn't everybody I mean, want Blaine at some point to sing "Corner of the Sky" from Pippin? Didn't they? I think so. Was that that, was that, that song? Yeah. 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 I had to look it up. I forgot what musical this was from. And then I was like, it was from Pippin. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I know that. Is that because he brought it up in um, New York? I think it was because, like, yeah. I I thought it was because, like, was it? No, it was um, something from Company. Like, way back when in season three, Carmen Thibodeau was like, I've heard enough of, um, like, Les Mis and... um, I thought it was Pippin, but it might have been Company. Like, when people were auditioning, those are the two songs that they go to. I thought one of them might have been Pippin, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Long time ago. Time and Thibodeau's a witch, whatever. <laughs> scam school. Scam school. Um, you notice how the, like, the talk of Niata is kind of like, in the New York arc, they don't really talk much about Niata. It's kind of this other thing that they don't mention. Really, for most of season five, it's just not a thing that they really... Um, almost like they realize it's a dumb storyline and they should have just gone to like an established school yeah well um so yeah i I really love this moment because it says a lot about kurt because i love he kurt has not gotten to be vicious in a while so the fact that when you know she says that line about you know your friend and he's like yeah friend would not stand for this he's the love of my life and no one or nothing is gonna stand between us except for yourself kurt except for yourself kurt i know i think every time too but still but, but it's like it, in the end he's not it's actually true when we get to the end of their story nothing will come between them sure. and, and i i just love that he is just bitchy back i just really appreciate yep. that and then you know we get blaine's whole like you know if you want to know what i'm passionate about there's nothing more yep. passionate yeah. about my fiance. and he's like kurt will you sing with us? and the look he's he's surprised and excited and then when he when Blaine takes his hand and brings him up there and the fuck you look that he gives you is just <laughs> <laughs> very satisfying. But like also you've got to, like, I feel like in a greater context, you've got to think about how like how much Blaine is actually risking by doing this. Oh yeah. And you, and you have to think like if June had have decided that she didn't want to accept Blaine and Kurt anymore after this performance, which she probably would have been well within her right to do. Um, mm-hmm. You think like Blaine is sacrificing all of this for Kurt, which he doesn't need to do, but he's doing anyway. And and Kurt does know this and appreciates. I mean, that's part of the look that he's giving, and he just like he knows. No. Yeah, but I, I just more feel like again, like you don't have to. 
what is it? You don't have this is the quote that quote where you don't have to set yourself on fire just to like oh, yeah. warm other people up or something. And I feel like it like like encapsulates what yeah. Blaine is like. And At like, the same time, I, I feel it back like to where Blaine's headspace is. It's a yeah. yeah. I I also you know. feel like Blaine. That's just he. Part of him and part of who he is is loving Kurt and being a part of that relationship. And in the same way, you know, as Kurt just said, you know, he is the love of my life and nothing and no one is going to come between us. That's exactly what Blaine is saying, just in a very nice, like, package. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know. It's got, like, callbacks and connections back to Prom Queen, where he's making a stand for Kurt. He's, you know, he's... He's, and but this time they get to actually sing the duet that follows instead of somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, like shout out to like that. Like Starkey's always talking about hand meta, and like Blaine holds out his hand for Kurt, and Kurt yeah. takes it. And, yeah. You know. It's like I don't. I literally I don't think Blaine sees this like as him destroying everything for Kurt. I legitimately think Blaine in Blaine's head, it's he's got to get Kurt up there because once June sees, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But the practical, I mean, that's in Blaine's head, but the practical consequences is this could have gone yeah. a whole lot different. Yeah. But it's great, so it's a big romantic, and it's awesome, and it leads into American Boy, which is the freaking bomb, and I love it. And <laughs> like, it would be like, seriously, no, I can just, it's up there, it would be competing for my top duet between the two of them. You mentioned this the everything. other day. Oh, oh yes, please go ahead and, and, and expand on I, that. Just love it because it's the two. So my combination from like in terms of like my favorite duets, it's like do I like to listen to the song, watching the performance, and all this, you know, everything together. And I love so like this one and probably somewhere um somebody loves you is my favorites because it's the two of them. They're having fun together. It's just it's joyful and it's them being silly and it's not use and it's not like bogged down in any sort of drama or intensity or angst or anything like that. And it's pure freaking joy and Kurt's in an amazing suit and he does all these like ridiculous dance moves which are amazing <laughs> hilarious and he talks about liking what's underneath Blaine's jeans and gets up <laughs> on a piano and two of them are just it's, it's balanced between the two of them like they're, they're sharing that spotlight and they're loving each other in that spotlight and it's my favorite I love it Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break it down even more than that. And right. <laughs> We're going to gush about all of this. Um, so okay. I want to, when they go up there, first of all, let's talk about the fact that Blaine whispers into Kurt's yeah. ear and they just yep. know. Like, we're, just, doing it, we're doing American Boy. <laughs> we're doing it. We're, this. Now, do you guys think this is one of the songs that they used to sing in the car to each other? I can totally yeah. see that. Yeah, yep. oh. and then especially um, after, especially after they started having sex, like before it was just like oh, giggles, and then after they started having sex, Kurt yeah. had real fun with that, like I like what's underneath the blind, uh-huh. and that's probably when he came up with like that dance move. Let's go. <laughs> I love the um before that at the beginning though when Kurt's uh, do you remember that meme that came out of it um when Kurt's like got that weird look on his face and he's like bopping his head to what planes it's the very beginning of the song and yeah. he I don't even that know was that the meme it. where he's like doing different like there's got different um like it's a gif and there's different things underneath it like it's yes. describing different things yeah i think i know the one you're talking about oh i'd have to dig that up it's just so funny because you can just put throw anything under that line yeah. and um but okay so i'll read you the actual lyrics that this is the reason i <laughs> picked this song okay yeah. uh i just met this five foot seven guy who's I, 
just met this five foot seven guy who's just my type. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'm gonna like what's underneath him. The only <laughs> issue that I have in this song is that Blaine never wears baggy jeans. No, true, yeah, but, but I mean, come on, that is sorry, so unless he's sad. Unless he's sad and he's going to visit Elliot to sing about glitter rock vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take a second and really appreciate the fact that Kurt mimes having sex. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you have sex, Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> In the song, anyway. <laughs> I enjoy it. Let's say that. I just, oh man, and then yeah, you get the close up of Kurt's little butt wiggle, and. Yeah. Getting on the piano and I just are mm-hmm. so adorable. They're so the one adorable. thing I do want to say is that obviously, like Kurt, this was not planned in that Kurt is going to come up, but I feel like it was planned to the extent that Blaine went to the band and went, "Have this song ready, cause I'm going to call up my fiance and we're going to dance." Of course they did. That's why yeah. he was measuring the thing earlier. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can Kurt and I fit on here while we freestyle? <laughs> Can the piano fit as well? Um, <laughs> I just appreciate them dancing on the piano. Um, I like the Kurt's climbing on furniture. Yeah. yeah. They both do this. Oh, man. And I I kind of love that, like, during this whole thing, they keep showing back to June, who's just so traumatized at first by the song. And um, they, don't, they don't care. They don't look at her once. They don't, I mean, yeah, whatever. So. So <laughs> Oh yeah. Um. I. Oh. This was. This was something that I wrote down. Um. A lot of, especially at the end, and I get this was partly because they got Shelly McLean in to do the dancing, and there's probably a very limited amount of dancing that she can do. But like, it's very much just like a bit of step touching, which is very yeah. much. Um, but I wrote, I literally wrote down, because again, this was me contemplating, if this was the last episode, it'd be a really interesting, like, to have Blaine's first number be, like, step touching, and his last number, like, like his last oh. kind of featured song to be step touching as well. I see but, what you mean. But, I, uh, but again, it never ended up being the case, but I just found that interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, I wrote that we, uh, Kurt's all signature. All of Kurt's signature moves, except for the high kicks, are here. The shimmering, yeah. shimmer, shimmer, shimmering, sh- whatever. I can't even say it. Yeah, I know. Why can't I say that? Piano walking, the twirl, but no high kicks. There should have been a high kick in there. Um. <laughs> Got a high kick June in the face. <laughs> Man, now that you put that image in my head. <laughs> um, so... What do we think of the end of this? Uh, so June kind of comes along. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Kurt's okay. He reads me. Anyway, the whole thing was because I my, my I was married to a gay man my third marriage. I don't know. I, whatever. Yeah. But again, her third, her third marriage suggests that she has other, obviously has other marriages. And again, I feel like this was a, hey, guys, I don't think everything's going to be all sunshine and roses because... You know, once again, we have another person talking about how their marriages didn't work out to Kurt and Blaine. Uh, Mm. That was just how I felt. I guess I didn't see that, but hey, it's there. I mean, something you can definitely. But then you then you told me that, and and you're probably right that that's probably more reference to Shirley MacLaine than actually like anything. Yeah, probably. But yeah. But yeah. It's fine. I like the more, like I said, the more I come back to this June arc, the less I kind of like it. But yeah, mm, I just felt 
Like this moment with her kind of turning around, deciding, you know, that she really, really liked it, enjoyed it and was wrong. Felt a bit too easy. Forced. It kind of feels like, not to the same extent, but, you know, like in season six when Santana's grandmother comes around. Because they have that really great scene where Santana and Brittany tell her off. And that would have been a great ending. Like, yeah, nothing's perfect. You can't always get all of your family members on your side. You have to just, you know, take your losses and be happy with your life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the wedding, she's fine and whatever. And and it's just a Glee does that, though. Everything is always a little too nicely tied up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given everything that's led up to this, like. You ha- you've already heard them sing and it didn't change your mind, but it's going to change your mind this time? Yeah, this was... But, but I mean, it's, different. it's kind of like the last performance, Kurt was not good. That's because true. Because well, he was playing up that, like, that... It comes back to, you know, mm-hmm. even though we hate Carmen Thibodeau and Kurt and that sort of thing. <laughs> he was trying, Which? you know, the trying too hard sort of thing, whereas this one, just him yep. relaxing, just doing his thing mm-hmm. and... That it was sort of maybe like a you know playing on that a little bit as well because mm-hmm. of he was very intense Kurt during their One Direction duet. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's always that been in a while. <laughs> that song, man. Oh, it's probably one of my least favorite. So, um, worse than candles? <laughs> Nothing is worse than candles. <laughs> I'm I know and so you know I've had more people tell me you know it's not that bad and I like it I'm like that's fine you're entitled to your wrong opinion but (laughs) it's horrible (laughs) it's just so bad (laughs) my apologies if you really do like it though it's they're out of tune they're out of tune the harmony is bad and they're out of tune and come on guys so anyway before we go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, you know what I, that made me think of, though? Um, speaking of songs, we talked about how, you know, Kurt and Flynn have done their last solos. But there is something to be said that the last songs that they sing on the show that really showcase them are the duets with each other. And I think yeah. that's purposeful to mm-hmm. say, you know, these two are a couple. They're units. No matter if you like it or not, that's <laughs> it's the two of them. Well, again, I feel like we we it's very odd that we were talking before about how the song that Rachel sings is an odd choice, whereas the song that Blaine All of Me is a very good choice for Curtin Plain and American Boy. <laughs> even if they just chose it for that like one line, it's a perfect song for them. Um, and then I, because I rewatched it, uh, Daydream Believers is a perfect song for them. Um, so if somebody loves you, like all of the songs that they're singing at the latter end of of the show are really good choices for where they are in the various points in their relationship. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's not as somebody pointed this out back when se- season six was going on. It's not the complete like if you put all of season two's you know music together between Kurt and Blaine, you get a very fleshed out story within the music um and and it's not the same in season six i mean the three songs it's not much of a story but i will argue kind of to god help me i'm gonna say this karofsky's point it's about (laughs) staying (laughs) and and then not singing it so yeah Um, all right so let's get on to these ending couple of scenes um we have you know they're all back in the i really like how lightly 
lit. That's a bad sentence. How brightly lit <laughs> the, the loft is. Um, it's just everybody looks so pretty in the scene. Um, in these next couple scenes. And they're finishing up uh, the script that Mary has written. I'm amazed that it's her. I'm not convinced it completely. I mean, this woman is insane. How did she come mm-hmm. up with this? But And then what we get, like, two lines that basically say happily ever after. Yeah. yeah. There is, so. I was, again, there's one thing, and it's, it's just such a minor thing. It's the same thing with the bird flying off. I feel like it would have been a great, a better way to kind of put an ending to what was going on with Kurt and Blaine to have them sitting together on the couch. Yeah. Tiny they, are they next to each thing. other? They're, they're not, they're not on, I think they're sitting next to each other. Blaine, um, Kurt's on the chair at the end and then Blaine's on another, another chair next to him. But I feel like it would have made more sense if they were both on that couch that Kurt we turned get them away on. from. In Pompeii. Yeah. True. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty good. Because they never, uh, you know, I know how, like, Mike and Tina were, like, always on each other's laps and et cetera, et cetera. The curtain playing never did that. That was just not a thing they ever really did. So I'm not. Well, you I do have that moment it. at the end of this episode yeah. where they're sitting together on the couch reading the magazine and Blaine's, yeah. like, yeah. all cuddled up. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, that's really cute. Um, I, needed, I needed 10 more episodes of just that. Just that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's no, what no. I know. It's not what it's interesting. I'm yeah. with you, Izzy. I agree. Thank you. I love those moments. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get, um, and then we get, okay, I have to just give my little, again, if you could indulge me. <laughs> um, they see, or Sam, here's the bus. <laughs> and he's so excited because he finally got his junk on the bus. Yep. Except for his junk is not actually on the bus. It's a great, there's a great behind the scenes photo where Darren's like, like bent over in front of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. He knew. He knew. But like, yeah. I mean, I really like this moment with him because, like, he's you know, I can't. You're like, this is you know, this is it. I'm done with modeling. I came out <laughs> here to do this, and I've did it, and I'm going back home. That you know, it's kind of. It's I actually like, like it too. I like that for Sam. He's like he knows he's never been happy. Well in New York. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like his mind works better when everything is a little slower. It's like, oh, Sam, mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> but I like, yeah. and I like because for so long everybody was like New York, New York, New York. And I know that Sam is getting kind of thin story a little yeah, bit, but really is. um, I do appreciate that one of the actual like morals of the story of glee in general is that it's okay to live your life in a small town and be happy yeah so when they lost finn they really did need somebody else <laughs> to tell that story but it makes sense with sam it does, it, make it, does. Sense. It, just, it just makes me really sad that it means that blaine and sam are going to be separated because their friendship was such an important part of season four and like Bray, and Blaine's character arc and Sam's character arc too, and it, and I get that that there's also a story to be told about how this is just the way it works. Or at least for you Americans, for us Australians, we go to university in the towns that we grew up in, and we yeah. don't move out, <laughs> and it's very weird that you make such a big deal out of it. But you know, like I get that that's well, a story, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue something real quick about that. <clears throat> it's a it's a how do I put this? It's more of a media played up thing because 
it, uh, there is a, how do I put this? I graduated from a small town. I graduated high school from a small town. And yeah, there were some people that were going to go off to, uh, well, not very many people. Like when but you go off to college and it isn't really like this huge deal. The people that stay, stay. Some people go back. Some people move on. It's not like this. Oh my God, you're going to go to New York. No one's ever been to New York before. Please tell us like what it is like. It's really not like that, especially with, you know, the world being so small today with all of the social media and all of the, you know, you can like see a thousand pictures of the Grand Canyon and you don't really, I mean, you still don't have the experience of being there, but like, it's not as, I feel like this kind of storytelling is a relic from an older time. Um, and I can't tell you what kids today are thinking, but I can say back 15 years ago when I graduated, we were all so excited about graduating high school and moving on to college and whatever. It wasn't really about like, oh my God, can I really make it out in the big city? <laughs> it just wasn't, you know, I don't know. But that's my experience. I can't speak for everybody. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of different experiences, but no. Mm um but let's talk about the more important point of sam's nipples being even on the bus (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) but again there's there's an interesting parallel here with what sam like sam being like i've achieved my dream i'm done i'm going home and rachel also being like i've achieved my dream of being on broadway but now i want something else Yeah, you know, and I think that's, I know we get frustrated with the Rachel storyline a lot, but I think that's one of the points of this particular section is that you can get things that you wanted your entire short life. Um, It doesn't mean that you're going to be happy, like, achieving them. It doesn't mean that there aren't other things for you. It doesn't mean that your life can't go in a different direction. Um, which I think is an a, interesting a, thing to talk a about. A new direction? Oh, Sorry, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. No, that's fine. I appreciate it. And I'm glad I didn't say it because it just sounds ridiculous when I say it. Um, a new direction? Uh, <laughs> so. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the end of another era. Yeah. Very clearly, like, this is it for New York, guys. Never again. Ooh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that sad to me. This is the last loft scene, too. They're, yeah. Oh, oh my, is yeah. it really? It is. It's, yeah. it's not the last scenes in New York. There's a couple of, like, Kurt stuff is in New York in the beginning, but yeah. um, it's but the last loft scene. Yeah. Yeah. Are we then to assume that, like, Rachel and Kurt sold the loft? Well, they didn't sell it. They were always renting. My bit the oh. lease was up. Oh, and... true. Sorry, that's what. Sorry, that's what I meant. Like, Rachel wouldn't have been. She. It would have been Kurt and Blaine who were leasing it. Yeah, it was Kurt and yeah. Blaine, and, and then, then when Blaine leaves, Kurt would have had to. Kurt it? probably couldn't afford that on yeah. his own. No, I always. My head canon was that he moved in with Elliot for a while, but you can argue that he moved in with Artie or yeah. God. Is, oh, I can't imagine him. He wouldn't have money to be on his own. In, he wouldn't have moved in with Artie because of the whole six months from now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I still say. I mean, I still stay again for the third time and plug my fic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good fic, guys. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And, and watch the vi- watch the video that goes with it. <laughs> you should. It's a great video. I will plug that too. You can't read the fic without watching the video. Um, and so uh, I, I always had Canon, but he really wasn't in 
like this takes place. Okay, we're gonna talk about timeline. Everybody mm-hmm. can groan. Um, in season six, you see Sue's calendar. That's a lot of alliteration. Um, and it shows where the timeline is. If you back up six months from September, September, August, July, June, May, <laughs> April, it's April. April. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, a- April is when he stands out in the rain. Uh, no, uh, uh-huh. it, he stands in the rain six months before it, they're all there. It's okay. So it's April. It's a nice sunny day, and they say. But is, is the it? rain like right before he goes back to Lima? No, it's not though, because because he, he, the way that he talks about it is that it happened a little while ago, but he was sad about it. But he only re- like it happened a little bit le- before he came back. Mm-hmm. My the vibe that I got. Yeah, and my says at the start of this scene, he's to two years in New York. That's another thing that it is been. <laughs> it has been two years for some um, for well, some for of us. <laughs> for us, yeah. That's, I mean, for her, it would have been she would have went out there in June. Does um, that mean we've covered like an entire year? In the second half of the season. Yeah, they covered... Well, okay, so New Directions. Um, in New Directions, the 14th episode covered graduation. So that was around June okay. of 2013. Oh, and then there was like a time break. And then, it, yep, yeah. and then New it. New York, um, depending on who you're talking to, and since you're talking to me, uh, I say it was in <laughs> January of 2014. Well, it has to be. It's cold. And like um, Rachel talks about the out-of-town... Funny go wrong. I know. Yeah. Don't get me started. But and, and they are starting classes. They're starting classes. And then you either do that in August or January. When is it cold? January. It feels pretty straightforward to me. But other people may argue at the point. Um, <laughs> and according to you, they're entitled to their wrong opinions. Yes, they are. <laughs> you guys are catching on. Oh, I've trained you well. Yeah. Um <laughs> that, means they, that means they skipped another Christmas and didn't show it to us. I'm mad. But I still say previously in aired Christmas nope. mandated. Yep. Mandated. Not that it happens. We, we <laughs> don't know about it. It didn't oh, happen. <laughs> it's still on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so getting back to the scene. So yeah, so they mention um that this is kind of, you know, everybody is going off in dare I say it, new directions. <laughs> and um, you know, the only people, are, you know, I guess at that, that point, they don't really know. Mercedes mentions that Brittany and Santana are both coming on the tour with her. Sam's going back home. Artie's got his own little art school or film school thing going on. Um, and, you know, it's right. funny that Blaine does move back in, but he kind of has to wear a sleepy homeless. <laughs> but read anyway. that pic, too. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, and they, they he moved uh, back in before Rachel knew that she was leaving as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was just moving back in with him and Kurt. He was. Yep. The plan was always to have Rachel there too. Well, maybe. Maybe they can hear each other through the curtains. God knows what. They Do you read the from. one where like she gets off to them having sex? What? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't it her? Isn't it her and Santana? And then what? she and Santana get it on. Oh, I read no. the one. That That's a different one. I don't know about that one. The one that I read was um, basically they're having sex, and so she starts getting off to it, and eventually she joins them. Oh, not in true porn fashion. I should link it. It's actually kind of good. 
Um, <laughs> no, the one that I got was like it was her and I think it was her and and then she brought and then Santana, and then they went off and they hooked up. Oh, yep. hey, you know, porn does not because we all know that that loft was just a massive sex den. <laughs> I mean, Sue had of sex course. Why room. else would they have curtains and not doors? <laughs> den of sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man um right. so Pompeii. It's a Pompeii. No. <laughs> yeah no Kurt says that you know gosh you know okay so Kurt says I wish we could break out in a song right now so kind of implying that this whole thing is a fantasy sequence it um, is the outdoor yeah, part yeah. of it. So, um, so let's talk about where these, you know, the the song Pompeii and where all of our characters are kind of left hanging at the end of this season. Um, we've got Artie rolling around his school. I love that yeah. Artie's story is so undeveloped. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> no wonder Kevin McHale was like, "I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Sam. Like he should have been done long before this because he didn't have storylines for a while. No. <laughs> I'm kind of well. I see that. Yeah, they never really gave him much to do in the whole series. I'd yeah, argue. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, they gave him. They gave him an STI. <laughs> <laughs> he got to dress up as gonorrhea. <laughs> Although that oh, is one of the that man. is one of the funniest scenes in season five. That would uh, be how. <laughs> yeah, it is. It definitely is. Um, so yeah, we got. You know, Sam does give Mercedes a nice little hug as Sam and and no, as Mercedes and Brittany are going off into that taxi, um, and Sam goes back to McKinley, and we see McKinley for the first time. I guess it was yeah, night, but ages, yeah. yeah, really seen and it, and and then we yeah we get um curtain or we get Blaine with all of his stuff in that tiny little suitcase yeah. moving yeah. back into the loft. I do appreciate the fact that Kurt made the the desk and the, the stuff desk. the way he had it in New York. It is yeah. full circle. It's a really sweet moment, and it's such a small thing, and I wish it had a little bit more, like, because yeah. I feel like if you weren't a fan of the show, which we've already talked about, most people were, but even then, like, I don't think I necessarily realized what was going on until people started pointing it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, I really appreciate also, this has always been something that kind of bugged me. Um, Kurt has on that desk, you have the both prom photos there. And, um, and he never really had a picture of Blaine next to his bed or a picture of the two of them next to his bed. Like Blaine had that whole shrine of Kurt next to <laughs> his bed. And um, he never really, well, I mean, to be fair, he didn't have a picture of anybody. So it's not like he was, you know, um, but it's nice that they have both the prom pictures on the desk. And it's just a really nice, it's a really sweet, nice moment. And it brings the full arc, the arc full circle. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next little moment we get, of them sitting on the couch, snuggled up together, reading. Well, Rachel finds out that she has gotten her, you know, movie show. Yeah, but let's. Oh, go ahead. So, what I was trying to figure out, like, obviously, she got the pilot. Did they and they aired the pilot, and it was what the worst pilot ever. Did it get taken? Like, did it get ordered to series? And the first episode was so bad that they dropped it straight away. Like, are there other episodes of that so Rachel in existence? No, you know what? I probably well, the full footage talk about being picked up. The pilot, yeah. Would have yeah. Been picked up. 
I got yeah. the impression that it was like a variety show, kind of like Saturday Night Live. Like it wasn't scripted. Like all of this was happening live, and that's why there were so many issues. But then, then why it, did they have this woman come out and write a script if it was unscripted? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was scripted, but it was like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. It was scripted. Like that's what I got the impression of that it turned into um, for season six. Because obviously yeah. season six show is different than this ending. Yeah, that's yeah. what I also find to be very weird. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, let's take a second and talk about the actual song, Pompeii, which is all about, you know, things, yeah. you know, yeah. ending. and. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why I honestly thought, like, this could have been a series ending. And then this whole thing about how this, the, the episode that, that Mary Helen writes... And then Rachel making eye contact with the with the camera at the very end. A lot of people read that as like the whole show is the show in which Mary wrote for Rachel, yeah. like a full But at the moment. same time, if the, this my problem with it was Pompeii is about this ominous ending. Like, mm-hmm. you know, things are gonna blow up, but you know, we're just gonna but pretend that it's fine. And they will. So that's I the mean, thing, they do, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't buy this particular song as a, a last song because when you really listen to the lyrics, it's very ominous. Like, hey, yeah. there's this dark cloud coming and it's gonna kill us all, but aren't we happy in this moment? Like but it sounds so pretend- happy and they're dancing in the street yeah. and the <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't almost feel like nothing changed at all. Yeah. And I, I think it's actually a perfect lead into season six, to be honest with yeah, you. I agree. So Well, um, nothing's changed if going back to where they started and mm-hmm. you know, we'll be back to where they started. Um sort of like talking about full circle, like that moment, the fact that we've got like Rachel at the end of that song, like looking up to the sky, it's all it is full circle from the start of the season, which started with her and yesterday. And oh, sort yeah. of and you know we sort of that we can sort of see from her her perspective that she's she's a little bit lighter she's a little bit happier mm-hmm. she's moving for you know she you know she's not you know she's yeah she's moving forward and just sort of like that different perspective because even though Finn hadn't passed away at that point it was clearly that's what mm-hmm. yesterday was there for because yeah. we all know all, we we as a fan we all knew what had happened and they had to address that somehow yeah without making it about Finn. Yep. And it was, if you look at the tone of yesterday to the tone of, of that moment there at the very end, it is full circle for her. Mm-hmm. But she, Absolutely it's, interesting, it's interesting that you say that it's like meant to, it is a hopeful moment. And it is. And everyone is like, it's very colourful and bright, but Rachel is still wearing dark colours. Yeah. I just find that and she's really still, interesting. And, so she's still grieving. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and I don't think she ever will stop. Do you know what I mean? Like that's always going to, yeah. she's going to carry that with her. You know what else it kind of just in this moment kind of reminded me of the way you said a full full circle. It actually goes all the way back to goodbye too, because when you think about the end of goodbye and she gets to New York and she's kind of looking up at everything and now she's kind of the camera angle is the opposite. The camera angle is down on her and Mm -hmm. this is the end of her New York time. I mean, obviously she's going to go back, but like they don't really, they don't show her actually back in New York ever again. Um, because so, they don't film in New York again. That that scene in the final episode with yeah. Chris and Darren was that that wasn't even filmed in New York, was it? I don't even remember. Was the it, breakup it? stuff? No. No, 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 no. The stuff like right at the very end where they come up out of the subway was that in New York or not? No, that was in their New York street. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. So like you know they don't like physically go back to New York again. No, no. Sure. It, it's oh man, it's such a bittersweet thing because this arc. 
and the season to me, it was just so good and so fun and so full of so many things that we could pick apart and really just enjoy as a fandom. And yeah, season six is so, I still like season six, um, but it is just so different and kind of going back. It does go back to the beginning in a lot of ways. So I can't sing, but I was going to sing the line from the scientist, take me back to the start, but we're going back to that. <laughs> well, Glee's always had its thing with with beginnings and endings, and but that's the um, thing. I feel like they're pretty bad at telling. Though we we've talked about at length yeah. how they're best at telling the bits in the middle, though. I know, <laughs> but it likes its endings. Yeah, um, so. and it, but as somebody who enjoys parallels and all that kind of stuff, I do appreciate all of the, this moment, um, like how the season starts and how it ends. Um, oh. Even if some of the stuff that I, maybe we're reaching a little bit with some of the stuff we've been talking about, but also yeah, I don't really. That's care. what we're here for, though. I yeah. Mean, um, well, let me ask you guys now, though. We're we're here at the end of season five, and I don't know. What are your thoughts? On, excuse me. Sorry. What What are you? You know. How do you guys feel being at the end of season five, and we've done all this beforehand, and. Uh, it's just kind of like, oh man. I mean, I know there's there's only one season left, and but I don't know. To me, I remember watching it, feeling like I definitely still felt like there were unresolved issues there. Like it hadn't really been like they like to tie up everything in neat little bow, and it felt like they were kind of trying something there. But for me, it didn't feel like it was resolved. Like there was a little bit more they had to do, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, or maybe it's just me. Like, I wasn't yet satisfied with how they tried, like, in, you know, the resolution. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't the end of the story. Yeah. I feel like the way that I reacted after having watched this episode last night pretty much encapsulates how I feel about it in that I watched this episode and then I immediately went, I need to watch the next one. Like, I, I think when it was airing, it was perhaps a different feeling, but now it's like, I know that there's unresolved things and I know that they're going to address them. I need to move on to that immediately. It's kind of funny. Cause I, I don't know if I necessarily feel that about this particular episode, but what I will say when I watch the beginning of season six, I feel like I have to watch everything up to at least the wedding episode. Like I have to, it's one that's big kind story. Of, that's kind of what I did. Like that's what I did. I didn't watch all of them, but I kind of, it was literally like basically a best of claim yeah. season six. <laughs> time that I had but like that's yeah once you watch 601 you can't stop you gotta keep going man I can't believe we've gotten this far in podcasts like just this is almost over it's so weird I know it's again bittersweet Uh, I'm, I'm you know so um but you know on that note um I think (laughs) <laughs> Mimi, unless you guys, there's something else that you guys wanted to add into it. No, um, just to say again that it, out of, you know, the, the five seasons that we had, it was the best season finale that we got from the show. It agreed. wasn't, oh, wasn't bogged oh, down in competition. The episode, the last, last episode is on it. Is, but you know, that, it, that doesn't count. That's a series finale. That's a totally Okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I, was I You know, and I will play devil's advocate for a second because the series finale, well, I do think it's great in the way that, it, like, you know, it ties everything up and it's fine. I think it's a mess of an episode. I don't, it's just a bunch of scenes thrown together. And I think it's an actual yeah, episode of a coherent story. This is the best yeah, coherence like, yeah, when, put together. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so I sort of keep season six kind of separate because it kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just something different. To a season. But when you think about the previous one, like it's, you've got balanced stories between the characters, apart from a couple of songs, some really solid music choices. It's it's funny, um, you know, and that's that's what we want from Glee. It is. It's It, it encompasses it, what we love about Glee. And I, I just, and it really puts a nice cap on a string of episodes that are really amazing and really, they didn't have to write us this. They could have drawn out the newbie yeah. stuff and all of it. And this really boiled down, you know, for me, I, I love this arc because it really focuses on these characters that we really do love. And it's been a treat for these seven episodes, watching these characters get, you know, real screen time and real development and, you know, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like how we talk about, we joke that no one else was watching at this point, but no one else really was. And it was fine. It was sort of like, these are the things that we want to see. Let's, we're going to finally give them to them. Like we're going to, like we're finally going to give them what they want. Give yeah. the gays yeah. what they want. Yeah. and finally graduated. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a little bit sad because we were talking about timelines. The fact that, you know, one, one year has to take a series and a half, but yeah. I mean, a season and a half, whereas the second year is six episodes. But I'm yeah. not going to nitpick because I still enjoy those six episodes a lot. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess I'm going to wrap this one up and say thank you guys for joining me. How, how long have we been? Like three and a half hours. And, I, you know, it's mostly relevant content. So it's going to probably. <laughs> Stay a supersized episode, but you guys are amazing guests always. And uh, join us next Sunday. Um, we're probably we're going to be getting into either the music or the wrap up stuff for season five. And yeah, then we'll get to season six pretty soon. So, all right, and have a great night. And join us next Sunday. You make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung